<laughs> Pot of gold. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt. Our guest today is a graduate of the University of Washington. He is the head distiller at Adrift Distilleries in Long Beach. And he is a local guy who's decided to come back after his education to enrich the community. His name is Matt Lesnow. Matt is a local boy, grew up here on the out in Chinook. And, you know, really, me and him were never super close, but I always liked him. I always thought he was a really good dude. He's super intelligent. He's very nice. He's charismatic. He's really easy to listen to on a podcast because his voice is very crisp and clear. And yeah, I think you guys are going to really enjoy learning about what he does because it's pretty damn interesting. So I didn't know much about it when we started the show. So I actually learned a lot right along with you. And he's, so like I said before, he's a distiller. He distills and he does it well. So he brought some samples of his spirits for me to try. And I've talked about it before, but I'm not a huge drinker. You know, I've had my days of drinking. I'm no stranger to it. But uh, on a day-to-day, I don't really drink much. Uh, I, I just, I don't really consider myself a drinker. So that being said, it was really cool to try some of these products. And I was shocked at how good they are. I decided to maybe take up alcoholism. So <clears throat> you have that to look forward to. I won't belabor the point, but I just wanted to hop on here and say, hey, uh, let you guys know I'm thinking about you. And also just to clarify real quick, if you hear me talk about the CIA or government conspiracies or the global financial system or cryptocurrencies or medicine or the legal system or the legality of picking mushrooms or world history or so many other things, it's important that you know that I am not a qualified primary source for that information. These are just my thoughts, my opinions, and what I have gathered from my life. This is not results of any kind of research I've done specifically. There are a few topics where I probably have a little bit more education and experience than the next layperson. Stuff like most of it has to do with psychology or mental health, physical health, you know, biology, and then a lot to do with plants. I know a lot about plants. And even then, though, with that stuff, I might get stuff wrong. If you hear something that you think is wrong, go ahead and challenge it. Look it up. See if you can find the correction and send it to me, and I'll make the correction. These are just my thoughts. I don't really know what I believe about a lot of things. I'm, I'm trying to figure things out as I go myself. I'm trying to figure this life out, and I thought a podcast would be a good way to do that so that people who know more than me can hear you know, where I'm at and maybe correct me and help me down the path. Or whatever, if you're not as far down the path as me, then maybe you can catch up by listening to the show. I I don't know. I don't really know how it all works. But I do know that if you need information about the CIA or, you know, so many other things, this is not the place for that. If you need two hours of entertainment where you're going to hear some interesting opinions and maybe some off-the-wall shit, this is the place for that. This is an entertainment show. We talk about deep stuff. I want you to get to know the guest, and I want you to get to know me, and we're being honest down here, but it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be light and funny and topical, so do not take your information from here and take it all with a grain of salt. That's what I basically want to say. Uh, oh, I'm always talking about investments. I'm always talking about Bitcoin and crypto stuff. Anything I talk about health-wise, do not take that as medical advice. All of this is for entertainment only. I cannot stress that enough. Do not take that stuff as medical, financial, legal, 
or any other type of advice. I do not give advice on this show, just opinions. All right, got that out of the way. Anyway, we got a great show for you today, so stick around and enjoy this interview. As always, you can reach the show on Twitter at Ramble River Pod, Instagram and Facebook at Ramble by the River. And for guest inquiries or advertisements, please email ramblebytheriver at gmail.com. Get ready to learn all kinds of interesting stuff about how to make booze, everything from why whiskey's brown to what the hell a hydrometer is. Strap in, get ready, here we go. Without further ado, I bring you this wonderful conversation with the charming Matt Lesnow. I could really use a change of scenery. Yeah. Everybody's smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the match because they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly. I'm still fly. I know. I'm still fly. I'm still fly. Let's go. It could all be worse. I could be a hater like you. It could all be to make the man, but that poison's gonna chew you. Now say it with your chest I'm now you wanted to have um but i did bring some samples as you right on uh whiskey we're really stoked about uh and then this is kind of neat um i was just doing a gin distillation today cool um so you'll get to taste what our bottled gin tastes like versus what our fresh off the still gin tastes like right on and man. why we don't put it in bottles right after it comes off the still so that anyway i i can't wait to find out why that is that sounds Ooh. great i figured you could get into the <clears throat> nitty-gritty into the details of, of making the stuff, of how you got involved, because you're doing aerospace stuff. Yeah, and then consumer electronics after that. Okay, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you're running this distillery. Yep. So I want to find out all about that. Let's do a mic check first, though. You ever use GarageBand? Oh, like back in high school? Yeah. Like the one we had in uh, on those iMacs in journalism. Exactly, yes. Yep. Yeah, I was in, in Miss Dookie's class. I was in journalism. <laughs> That's actually probably I was on where the paper. Met. I think so. Good times. I, I just doing. played. I kept. <clears throat> I am not musically inclined, uh-huh. like at all. But it's mm-hmm. like I didn't have. I would just like keep looping the same beat over and over and over, and like try to add to it. And I couldn't really with just their their baked in tracks yeah. or whatever it was. And then I remember Robin getting so pissed. Yeah. She like she's like she's like could you like play something else or do I forget what she said? But she like stood up. I'm like yeah. We didn't have headphones then, huh? Uh, no, that was, that was probably pre-headphone. <laughs> We're both just blasting repetitive loops. Oh, it was awful. You're naturally musical though. You played no. the trumpet for years. I remember that. No, no, no. I didn't do band at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm thinking Mike Hewitt. Um, yeah, no, so I just that wasn't inserted me you me. into that memory. I deserved it. Uh-uh, so you never um, did band? I never did band. I. Choir? No. How I, did you get away with that? 
I don't know. No music I, period? No, no music period. I probably, I should have done choir. Yeah, choir is probably fun. Right. But because I, I don't know, my, my singing voice is probably terrible too, but. I bet you're a nice baritone. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I remember one of my, uh, one of my exes in college, um, I went to one of her choir, uh, things, choir shows or whatever. And her instructors like immediately like, oh, please sign up. I'm like, uh, yeah, you've no. got a deep voice. Right. And you project well. It's probably perfect for choir. Right. I know I did a couple did a couple of basketball games in high school and then a football game. And yeah, I did some other announcing here and there, but that was Speaking of Mikey Hewitt actually, doesn't he do that now? Like, I think he living? does, yeah. But I do see his Instagram posts of him like in a suit in a ring holding the mic. Yeah, and I think he's like the like minor league wrestling announcer. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure what sport it was. Right. But he, he's like the What's that guy's name? Bruce Buffer. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Bruce Buffer. Isn't his brother also the Yes, same thing? and the story behind that is freaking bizarre. So it's like there's uh, Bruce Buffer is – one of them's boxing, one of them's UFC. Uh-huh. But they're both brothers, and they both, like, didn't know each other existed until they both came into this, uh, like, high-tier announcing role in their various sports and yeah. then saw each other, like, on TV. That must it was have been the story. Bizarre. Yeah, the story oh, is. They gotta, they're gonna make a movie about cool. that. They <laughs> totally should. Yeah, yeah there's that and, happens and, and though. Put it on like ESPN classics. Are or they whatever, just brothers? Right? Or are they twins? Uh, that would be even better. That would be even better. I don't know that for sure. There's like a set of twins who were separated at birth and both grew up to become like 43 year old firemen who married women named Diane and had a dog. Right. Like, very similar lives. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is really genetics, bizarre. man. Yeah, they there's so much more than just physical attributes. Oh yeah, uh, did you do a lot of genetics stuff in college? No, no, yeah. I was uh, engineering, uh, material science, engineering that kind of stuff. I didn't do biology, genetics, chemistry, biochem. Uh, no, yeah. that all that stuff is made, pretty difficult. Made me cry. But yeah, yeah. The, I was I always really thought that the engineering stuff looked. At the time, I was like, ah, too much work. I don't have enough time to learn that. Right. Like, my brain my brain accumulates knowledge at a steady, slow pace. So, like, I can totally. learn forever, but it takes me a minute. Yeah. Um, I, the, the pace of, of acquisition you guys did, and though that four-year cram is just yeah. like, how the fuck did well, you I did, do that? Yeah, and I, did a, I needed to do a summer quarter. Oh, okay. It was, it was a four-year cram. That's yeah. totally what it was. Um, I learned quickly that my brain wasn't geared toward computer science. Uh, I took one of the coding courses and it's like, I had roommates, kind of roommates. We were on the same floor and it, it ended up being really good friends of mine. And we lived together <clears throat> uh, for our senior year and a couple years after. And this is at UW, University yeah, of Washington? Yeah, this is at UW. Mm-hmm. They would do in 20 lines what took me 112. Of, of Adderall? Of code. Lines of code. Oh, oh, oh. So cool. they could do the same function in what took me, like, I had to write a novel to get the same gotcha. little thing. That's and a no, lot of lines. Definitely. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I, this isn't for me. And then I took orbital mechanics and I'm like, I'm going to stay firmly planted on the ground. And um, yeah, it's all good. Give me stuff that moves. But so orbital mechanics, what were you making? Uh, we were just calculating, you're, you're calculating launch trajectories and orbits and impulse maneuvers to correct your, uh, to correct your course, um, where you're so rocket stuff. Yeah, rocket exactly. Science. Moving in space. And hear that people, we got a rocket scientist yeah, in here. Right. Um, yeah, but that was like, no, uh, orbital mechanics propulsion wasn't for me. Um, give me aerodynamics and mechanics and that kind of thing. Uh, and, and I was fine with it, but. Yeah. It's cool that you just got to go in and at least get a rudimentary knowledge of any of that. 
Like, yeah, it was fun. And it wasn't one of the first one of the first courses. It was one of right when I got into the aero program, the first course that it was required that we had to take. We didn't have to take the flying portion of it, but one of the instructors had a really good reputation and relationship with some of the folks up at uh, Payne Field in oh. uh, Snohomish. Uh-huh. And they he had a plane out there and he was good friends with one of the instructors, so he cut us a really good deal on taking like one intro flight lesson. So that was a ton of fun. Oh, wow. Uh, to go up there and fly and then they're like what kind of plane was it it was a Cessna 172 so a little tiny uh, mid-engine overhead wing mm-hmm. just a little tiny guy uh, single prop I've always wanted to do that yeah fly and it's just the hours I've had classmates that have gone on to get their pilot's license and I kind of keep tabs on them here and there but they're the, the amount of hours you have to put in is pretty absurd. you pretty much need to live by a plane uh, right yeah that's the way it is for so many things when you're rural you need to either oh, have totally. the, like yeah. I've when I've the first few years after I moved back here, I really still wanted to row. My body still just wanted to do right. it, so I was constantly like looking into going to a rowing club in in Seattle or Vancouver. Yeah, and it's just like I I talked about it for years and I never did it because I'm not I don't want to drive two and a half hours to go row for a few hours and then drive all the way back all in one day. No, and then there's a possibility you're not even going to get in the boat the first time you do it. It's just like ah, oh, that's that's a lot. Yeah. It's already um, hard to do. You don't really want to go. <laughs> no, like, right. Yeah. You don't want to take the two hours and then. And then do something miserable. To- yeah. Well, miserable, but it would it's be. that good kind of miserable. It's a good kind of miserable. Yeah. And it would be totally different if you could walk there from your apartment. I would right? do it every day. Yeah, right. Yeah. Totally. That, that's probably how I would start my day. <laughs> that's big talk from a guy who can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't. Yeah. What, how have you done anything since you've been out of Western? I've, I've gone back for a couple alumni races. Oh, sure. Um, I raced at um, UW out at, through the Montlake Cut for an alumni day. Like, oh, cool. I think it was opening day on yeah. like maybe f- three years ago now, f- maybe four even. Yeah. I remember I going to a couple of those. Those were a lot They're of fun, fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Just like up on the bridge, watching all the boats come through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes the sport look graceful. Because when you're down there, it doesn't feel graceful. No, I've been in the cut. I mean, it was just on a little kayak, but mm-hmm. it is it is choppy, and you're right up against the wall because you're trying to stay out of the way of the boats. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty pretty sketchy. Yeah, it's that's a fun it's a fun place though. I liked it, and yeah. you, all the paintings along the side always change yeah. every year. It's pretty right. cool. It's a good nice. It's a good How long did it take you to? Like, I'm assuming you did a ton of research and looking into mics and looking into... I pretty into, much do it every day. Yeah. yeah. Just I, a little bit more. Just what can you improve? What's yeah. better out there? I'm also renovating my house. So I, I'm... Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm we know how that is. And, yeah. you know, still have a full-time job. So uh-huh. I don't sleep a lot. Yeah. We did um, the most terrible renovation that Keisha and I did was when we were up in Seattle in a little one, uh, two-bed, one-bath house. We decided to uh, totally stud out, remodel... Uh, the bathroom mm-hmm. and then um, tear out the plumbing and redo the plumbing, re- redo the service. Yeah. Right. Um, so we ended up having to live with, man, it was probably a month. She would correct me on that, but it was probably a month that we ended up living with friends. That is a long going, time to live with friends. So we'd, right. And we were just like crashing at their place <clears throat> and we would get up and go to work, come home to our home, back to the house do some to work, work more. to work more until it got dark, realize we were starving and then like pack everything up and go get a quick dinner and then go crash at our friend's house and do that on repeat like every That's my life right now. Month. 
work on the podcast for three hours and then I go to work. But it's all temporary because like I'm not going to have to do all this training right. and learn how to podcast again. Sure. Once I put in that investment, I- I'm golden, baby. Yeah, yeah. And then I just level up. It's a hell of a side hustle at the moment though when you're trying to get everything up to speed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't cost me anything right now because I mean, the initial investment was cheap. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. It's is very affordable. Yeah. And um, yeah, from there on out, I've just got to make a product. So and how many platforms are you on? All of them. And are much. you are you doing anything? Are you doing any kind of live streaming like on Twitch or no, anything like that? Nothing like that. I have really just focused on the podcast. So like gotcha. I don't I haven't done any YouTube content. Um I barely post on social media. I try, but it's it's hard. Yeah. That shit is time consuming. Yep. Because you got to make totally. stuff good, you know? Yeah, right. I, oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And it is kind of fun. I, I I like taking pictures, so the Instagram stuff's okay. Yeah. What about you? How active are you on social? I'm not. I do I do Facebook here and there, and then um, not Instagram. Everybody tells me I need to get on Instagram, and people that have moved from Facebook to Instagram, and I'm like, ah, that's just, that's a you little probably beyond should, me. I probably cultural should. Cultural relevance. Sure. But right. <laughs> um, it, it'll keep you from getting a lot of shit done. Yeah. Oh, it totally. It takes a lot of time and then, if you let it. And then, like, all the new like TikTok and uh, no, that's way beyond me. I can't do the TikTok. No, nope. Instagram got its fucking hooks in me so quick. Um, I'm in the <laughs> and game. You're hooked. Like, you're in. And I, I, I like this I platform. I didn't search those videos yeah. out. It knows <laughs> they me. They just know. And I'm like, oh my god, this freaking app is in my mind. Yeah. Well, but, but it's Facebook though, right? It it's all. So it it's took all this same. data it's had yeah. about me since yeah, I was yeah, yeah. a kid, basically. Right. And, totally. and it's like, mm, he probably. Yeah, likes, I remember MySpace. He's kind of pictures that <laughs> yeah that was too. that was the that was the first one or that was the first one that we probably had right yeah you and know what then, i've heard about about the reason myspace and facebook you know the way it shook out the way it did yeah because the cia offered myspace money to take their data and have an open relationship where they could use their platform for data harvesting yeah and they said you know old tom he said fuck no cia get out of here and um so they went out to old zuckerberg and he's like, yes, sir, give me that check. Oh, man. And so that's how Mark Zuckerberg fucked us. The yeah. The first time. Well, and I think the first time and many, many more to come. And yeah. I think that, um, but I think the big part was like it started as this exclusive college thing. Yeah. And when you're in college, like that's what you want, right? Oh, yeah. You want to be cool. Yeah. You want to be one of the cool kids. And if you have Facebook, you can, oh, you got to have a college email address to have Facebook. Only college kids have Facebook. It started your freshman year of college. Uh, yeah. Because it was yeah. my senior year of high school. Yes. Yeah, because I, and I think I maybe just got a MySpace like the year prior to that. Yeah, me too. Like something. But it felt like a lifetime. Totally. Like yeah. the world had changed forever. <laughs> right. It really did. It, like, it was bizarre how things just like, communication opened up. Do you, how many people yeah. um, were you friends with from Astoria or Nacelle? No, not no. really. And it was, it you found... And it was, there was always that one or two or three kids like who in did sc- who friends. did have friends over there. You're like, oh, whoa. Outsiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And then suddenly now there's a window in our kitchen where you can just look into it and see all these people from these towns right by you. And it would tell you when they were close eventually. Yeah. I liked it better when it didn't though, when everything was just like, there was no smart AI to it. 
So it's just like HTML stuff. You just post it on like individual people's pages. Oh, sure. Like if right. I posted a comment on one of your pictures. Oh, so versus like a news, like the yes. live feed, like it yes. is now, the news it, feed. It, yeah. Now everything's connected. Like if yeah. you, if you, there's like no wall something on Twitter. Anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. just all a big, it's a cloud. Yeah. Yep. And they all share data and everything. And it, mm-hmm. it, it really takes away your anonymity. You have no anonymity anymore unless no. you actually actively seek it out like with a vpn or well the know, vpn and a and, a, and a spoof account and all that kind yeah. of stuff you can Which, do it but it takes too much work and then you you got to go underground you can't use you know traditional platforms because they don't they're they they make you tell you who you are i mean most no i mean if you have a vpn and you have a fake profile and stuff you can get away with a lot yeah but i just want to i don't want to be a fake person I just want to be like I wish everybody was more anonymous. I don't oh, want to be. Got it. I don't want to be creepy fake guy. You don't want to be plugged into everything. But I yeah. But I also would like to have. I mean, they. I, I shouldn't bitch. They give you so much control now over what they share yeah. and what they sell and all that stuff. They give you a, li- a checklist. Oh you, sure, but a lot of people don't. No, no, a lot of people don't look into that. Have so you, have you gone through your I list? I have. Yeah, yeah, I've gone through my list. I've you done would. it. You're, I did you're, it just you recently. Shit actually. together. What? No, <laughs> no, I like wouldn't it. say that. You went through your privacy settings. I well, yeah. yeah. All right, fair. Do you read terms Once. and conditions? No. I've Does read anybody them. read I've terms read and conditions? I've read them on a couple of them, but like the big stuff, I it. like Windows, Apple, what? No. Yeah. They, it's a novel. You can't yeah. read all that. No. Or the, there's a lot of things like that in our world, like bills. Oh yeah, you get a five thousand page bit bill and four days to review it. Four weeks, (laughs) let alone four days. That's one my that was my uh, news resolution this year was to read more, read more books. Mm -hmm. Like Facebook doesn't count, right? I read a ton of news articles, Facebook, Reddit, all that kind of stuff. But news articles don't even count anymore. They used to, Uh, like they're. they're, Oh, when you're when you're opening the paper and actually reading, like a. No, I mean they don't count as nonfiction. Oh, fair. (laughs) Because they used to be full of. Facts and and you know unbiased st- and now objective you gotta, stuff. Now you got to do your homework. Yeah. Now right. it's all just opinion articles over and over again. That's true, though. There are yeah. There is the rare even from even from the the ones everybody deems reputable. Yeah. Like there is the. It's well, true still that the, toe the party line. Yeah, and the, but the I guess the the balance of opinion to new true news to let true like breaking or reporting news stories versus opinion trying to pretend it's news. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that gray area that people take at face value and they're like, oh, this is this is the thing. And it was like, well, no, this is some yeah. dude's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And almost everything's like that. It gets and now that we have so much access to information, you realize you can build a story out of just about anything. Overload. It's it's yeah. so exactly and what you it can is. always find it doesn't matter what position you have, you can always find something to back it up or yeah. one or two or three or four bits of information. Yeah. And so that, and they teach yeah, you how to do hard. that in college, but people who aren't educated, they don't really realize that that's like a formulaic way to convince people of pretty much anything. And yeah. it, a lot of it could be some bullshit. And really that's like almost the extent of my time on Facebook now has just become so political. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I've engaged on Facebook politically for years. It's it's hard. Oh, I, it's a trap. I it takes It's hours such a trap. It does. To to write a well balanced, thoughtful, nuanced comment and, and why the fuck bother? That's not what they because want. No one's gonna read no, that shit. No, they're gonna yeah. read it, but they're like gonna cherry pick and then totally blow it up with some nonsense yeah. and it takes every fiber of your being to step away from that at that there's point. no happy ending no there's not story. no you're not like, going to convince any you're not going to change anybody's mind no. you're not so it's like as i'm hearing myself say this it's like okay then why do you do it just stop mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, you do. <laughs> it's like a drop in the bucket, yeah. but it's it's a drop in the bucket. It's still one drop. It takes a lot of drops to fill a bucket. Right. Sometimes these ep- like epidemics of, of thought or ideas that just sweep across the population, they start with just one guy saying something. Yep. And so who knows? Maybe it does matter, and um, maybe I just don't have the time. <laughs> but it's it's it could be a waste of everyone's time. Who it knows? Could, it, it, well, it, time yeah. will tell. The, you're, both answers are right, I think. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they're going to let social media just develop like as a private enterprise forever or is it eventually going to be taken over by the government like China? Oh man, no. I think it'll stay private. I think that all the people getting uh truly upset about censorship and that kind of thing, they're I mean, they're these are private businesses. Like they have some moral code, ethics, whatever, however loose they there's some line. Yeah. Right. And they have to do they they have to censor something. They realize the impact that they have. They have to balance yeah, that around twenty sixteen, around November. Yeah. Right. Or yeah, and even even a little bit uh, uh that was just like to me, that was just the beginning of like really yeah. understanding it's like wow. That was the first time I, I recognized nuts. them acknowledging their role. Yeah. Like being like, okay. We may have some power, yeah. but are they a publisher or, you know, are they a producer? Like what? A, uh, yeah, that's. So a publisher can edit, but a person uh, like an organization that's just a conduit for, for artists or creators or individuals, I guess now are, are yeah. I don't know, what would you call just regular people who post nonsense? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I guess they're creators. Yeah, but then you're, everything comes back to the terms of service, right? Like you as a user are agreeing to use this based on these criteria. And once oh, yeah. you violate them, now they're like, okay, we can take this down. So, and no one reads the terms of service, right? They're <laughs> Just vague. like what we, yeah, oh, totally. And they do that on purpose. At least I've heard on Joe Rogan. Yeah, well, there's been, I'm sure that they've paid um, brilliant legal minds hundreds of thousands of dollars to write them. Um, but yeah, I don't think it'll ever get state controlled. That's a, that's a step too far. It'll always be privatized because there's money in it. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of money in it. And could you imagine, can you imagine how big of a flop that would be if the state decided to launch like a social media network? They wouldn't do it. (laughs) You're just trying to think. Oh, actually, fuck. We already talked about this. It is already state controlled. CIA owns Facebook. (laughs) Eh, control. I don't know. I think they're just purely in it for the information. They don't want to control it at all. They just want the free flow to use however they see fit. And you got, I mean, Google, Facebook, everything else. I think Google too. Is can, also, it works for the CIA. Oh, They're totally. DARPA funded, I think. Yeah, I have. I mean, everything's on your phone. Amazon. Yeah, it's uh, my information's out there. Yeah, they, I've I've made peace with that. Me too. And in this world where this it's so stuff, damn they, convenient. Yeah. Oh, it's great. That's what I was just gonna say. Where um, this it used to seem like privacy was more of a priority because uh, there's like these spooky dark. It, it, you always hear about like people going to steal these criminals. Now it's all very much out in the open. It's yeah. like, yeah, those scammers are everywhere. But like this company's probably not one. So you can try at least to trust them till right. they get hacked. But we kind of know who to trust. Remember when the internet was new and you're just like, I'm not buying that shit online. No. Amazon. I thought that was a jungle. And all of a sudden, yeah. And all of a sudden you see the little, they have the little locks that appear oh, yeah. in the, the search bar. You're like, oh, that's legit. Yeah. Like just because you see that little thing. How do you and get now- one of those? Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you need to have some level of encryption, I think. I could yeah. be wrong. Maybe I just got to pay for a, a more uh, expensive tier on my domain. <laughs> right. Probably that. 
You want to get into some talking about some booze? Yeah. In the distillery? <clears throat> all of it. All Grab of one it. of these. Um, yeah, yeah. Help yourself. Perfect. Um, there's glasses in here and there's ice in the bucket. Oh, perfect. Yeah, glasses uh, glasses and ice for the uh, whiskey. Great. Um, I'll do the little cups that I brought for the liqueurs and stuff. Perfect. I'm excited. I don't drink except really on this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. It's great for getting people to talk. Totally. Social lubricant. Yeah. For I'm sure. I'm an instrumentalist when it comes to drugs. I like to use them when they're needed, yeah. but not when I don't. This is it. This is my vice. Just booze. Really? Yep. That's a well, that's a slippery slope one. and a lot of caffeine, I guess. Oh, caffeine. I don't call that one a vice. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a tool. Yeah, that's, that's a necessity. I live on that stuff. Right. I don't even know who I'd be without caffeine. Like my... Uh, not a good person. I don't not think I'd be a good person, person without no, it. I had a, uh, a little bout uh, of AFib. Um, oh, some, shit. Yeah, a little, some heart issues that have... Um, I'm, they're fine now, but, uh, it was one of the recommendations. It was like, until I could get in to see an art cardiologist, like, okay, no caffeine, no alcohol. And I'm like, uh, how long did you go? Oh, uh, I think it was about a month maybe until I had my cardiology appointment. And then he didn't see any huge red flags. So he was like, no, just oh, moderation. Man, I that first cup of coffee so, after that month long break. Totally. Yeah. I did. I tried like all the substitutes, like the. The Ticino and the other methamphetamine. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, a, so a lot of that tricks your brain enough mm-hmm. uh, to where it's like, okay, this is this is getting there. You know what actually? And works then the really headache good? hits, and oh, you're just yeah. like, oh, this is terrible. The biology doesn't doesn't uh-uh. no get it doesn't, this doesn't fool that no. Um, th- this sounds like bullshit, but breath work actually works for me when like if I have to wait for some reason to have caffeine like sometimes if i'm going to the doctor or something i don't want to have it because i don't want my heart rate to be up when oh, they yeah. take my vitals yeah, yeah um but the yeah doing the breath like mm-hmm. i read this book called breath i think it's by james nestor yeah james nestor and it was excellent book by the way i highly recommend it and it was all about like the history of breath work which is like targeted specific training practices for how to breathe for different purposes like you can do a breath for energizing and a breath for calming hmm. because certain things happen like biological cascades occur when you breathe certain like when you inhale you know your diaphragm comes up it compresses your heart so mm-hmm. it becomes physically smaller and your it sends signals to your brain that causes it to speed up and same with when you exhale you know it pulls your diaphragm down your heart gets bigger opens up more slows your heart rate so if you Breathe in a way that your exhale is around twice the length of your inhale. It will calm you down because you're, you're in that reduction mode mm-hmm. for twice as much as that. Because every breath you take, you're amping up, coming back down, amping up. And that those changes are how they measure heart rate variability. Interesting. You ever look into that? Like no. for training? Uh, we've done um, in uh, the fire department, they just teach you skip breathing to conserve air in your pack. Uh-huh. But I guess that's kind of like you do too short and then a long exhale. Yeah. So similar kind of thing. That's I was just listening to a podcast them talking about that. Andrew Huberman was talking about it on um, Aubrey Marcus podcast, which are two guys I love. They're both really smart. Uh, but yeah, the two inhales and then he, the the way they were talking was you do, and then a one last little try to pull oh, a little bit yeah. at the end before you let it out, and it's supposed to just like open up that those last little bits of your lungs like yeah. the corners that- so you'll you'll biologically do that on your own mm-hmm. um and i i for 
get the term of it now. Um, but that like deep breath, you need to open up those, um, uh, open up those portions of your lungs to get the air down there to prevent them from filling with fluid. So that's like a biological response that you'll subconsciously just do that. Mm-hmm. That name of whatever that word mm-hmm. that you were trying to think of also is on the tip of my tongue. I just heard it. Yeah, I, I can't remember it. Yeah, Chief Weatherby would it'd skewer me that I forgot the name of that. But yeah. Whatever. Uh, we'll cut this out. <laughs> um, shout out Chief Weatherby. Man. Oh, oh, wait, that's gonna what, kill me. what's his first name? Brad. Oh, I just emailed him. Shout out for real. Yeah. Brad Weatherby. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, the, where were we? Talking um, about skip breathing. Oh, the breath, yeah. So I, I do the breath stuff all the time. I, I've done it in my own ways, like, since I was a kid. I used to do breath holding stuff just because I think oh, it's fun. right, right, I've right. always liked to get fucked up. So, you know, <laughs> if you do certain breath holds, you can get a little buzz. And um, I, I would do that as a kid. <laughs> Figure that out all on your own. I remember yeah. trying to teach Anthony Workola in sixth grade. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and we were in, like, at school in a classroom. And I yeah. was like, yeah, dude, take 10 full, huge breaths, as deep as you can, and exhale as deep as you can. And then exhale all the way and hold your breath. As for as long as you can. And if you try that, you'll be surprised at how long you can hold your breath. Oh, wow. Minutes. Yeah. Like you, you fully oxygenate your whole body right, by right, taking right. these 10 big breaths. And then you expend, like you get all the CO2 out of your body, out of your lungs so that they're just flat. And that impulse to like take a big breath, that panic feeling, that's driven by CO2, not by oxygen. So it's driven by the overabundance of CO2 and not by the lack of oxygen you're already oxygenated so you're set and you can just sit there for a long time you'll psychologically make yourself breathe right like before you even start to feel the panic because you're like nah this isn't right am i dead fuck but it's cool did he like pass out in the back of the class or was it pretty no he wouldn't do it it's very uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were gonna you were gonna end with him like flat on the floor and the teacher coming over i was just that just popped in my head i randomly yeah yeah i grew up uh um Grew up just across the street from Anthony. Spent a lot of time with him. He's a good dude. Up, yeah. Solid dude. Gigantic. Yes. Freakishly he, he was huge. Out at, <laughs> freakishly huge. He was out at North Carolina for a minute. Yeah, he was like, Came back. what was he doing? I don't remember. I don't Drilling remember. wells or I know or he was doing, building windmills. He was working at the PUD out here. and then He, he was doing something industrial. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know. We'll cut I all think this his, out. I th- that's fine. I think his sister's <laughs> still out there, though. Okay, um, what do you want to start with first? Do you want to do the... So, whatever... Uh, or do you want me to start from, like... Start the top, with, the with whatever top, like is the, the lightest so it doesn't mess up my palate, because I, I want to try each one. Oh, there you go. Well, these two are yours. Oh, no Hang way. Hang on to those ones. So, this is kind of interesting. This is our Adrift Distillers Gin. Um, we'll have you taste the... Uh, I don't know if you're a gin fan. You said you weren't much of a booze fan. I, but. I, I, like, I like it, but I just don't drink it a lot. Perfect. So, this is our Adrift Distillers Gin... Um, this is how it's supposed to taste. And then we just did um, just did a gin run today. I just finished it up. I'm like, oh, I was thinking about the podcast. And I'm like, oh, that'll be cool to taste the difference between the two. So It smells great. Thanks. A lot of people think that like clear spirits, unaged, they, they're fast to make. They don't take time. Um, and you'll see this is obviously, this has been in the bottle for a long time. Uh, but how the, long? Uh, Oh, when did we do batch eight? It's been months now. 
I think, because we lost production for a couple of months, I which was COVID. unfortunately equipment related. Oh. No, we had a boiler go down and then we had uh, some issues with the mash done. So the, uh, the Adrift Distillers Gin, one of my favorites, but it's kind of fun to taste the new distillation right next to it. Yeah. Uh, and you'll, and that's, that's why we have to let it sit. This reminds me of communion, man. I'm sitting mm. here holding this little cup while you're telling me right? <laughs> when I can drink it. Blood, yeah, blood of Christ. So good. Wow. Yeah. You made that? Yeah. Bro, that shit's good. Uh, let's oh, wait, do. Yeah. I'll do a fresh cup so I can get the taste. Right. So then this was just distilled today, and I realized my <clears throat> voice probably got all messed up on the mic. Um, so this was no, just distilled today. Good. So distillation's a violent process, right? Let's and get into this it, isn't going to be this isn't going to be the the perfect chemistry answer, but it's the practical one when you're. When you're distilling, you are you're separating the ethanol from the water, right? You're you're taking a stable solution and you're boiling it and you're condensing the ethanol and leaving as much water behind as you can. You can imagine that's a pretty violent process. And when you're distilling, say, a gin, essentially we make a boozy tea where we're steeping and macerating our botanicals in alcohol, and then we pull those out and then distill that tea and then collect the distillate. So that's what you tasted there. This is just run today. So this has just gone through that very violent process of all those compounds being stripped out and carried over through the distillate now recondensed and blended into a little tank. Well, you can imagine it takes some time for those to recombine and stabilize, right? The flavors to meld. Exactly. So it's like a beef stew. If you eat it directly after oh, you cook it, yep. it's nowhere near as delicious no, as the next day. No, four to six day. hours later or the next day, Yeah, that's where you want it. So this is right after we cooked it, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, the carrots are still a little crunchy in the middle. Yeah. And then the, it's still a little separated, right? Uh-huh. It's not not perfectly blended. All the flavor hasn't penetrated the beef. Yes. So this is going to taste way different. And they're the same exact thing, but this is months and months old. This one's brand new. About a week later, you'll start to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's – better and then two weeks later you're like yeah that's tasting like our gin and about a month later which is what we like to rest our gin at before we put it in a bottle so we just proof it down slowly over that month proofing it down meaning adding water to it oh um, to drop it down to bottling proof and then uh, these are exactly the same proof by the way oh so this is proofed down mm-hmm. already it is already and then that's gonna that's gonna be your finished product so you can't just take it off the still put it right in a bottle because then it's like Give a little clear, bit of time, right? Moonshine or something. Totally, yeah. Green is alcohol. That, is right. that like basically the only difference uh, between like a, 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 when people think of moonshine, at least mm-hmm. I think of like mm-hmm. not proof down, just straight like high proof yeah, alcohol. Kind of. It tastes um, like shit. It's made in the woods. Yeah, um, that right. kind of thing. It doesn't always taste like shit though. Some of it's really good. I've only uh, had but it yeah, very tradi- Yeah, it, it, traditionally very high proof. Whatever you're pouring out of a mason jar, the quick way to tell is if you shake it and the bubbles disappear like instantly, that's Yeah, like, like really rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, not good. Much harsher. Yep. Wow. Much harsher, much more juniper. You don't get a lot of the, yeah. the citrus hasn't kind of rounded itself out wow, yet. Wow, that's dramatic. Yeah. Yep. So Quite that's stark difference. That's why we let that rest. Um and Still that's good though. And even in a clear spirit, even in a even in a gin, even in aquavit, um, we're always gonna let that rest for a little bit. The so vodka is the is that gin? Uh kind of similar. Um, I saw that on your website today, which is 
lovely, by the way. Very oh, good website. Thanks. I had nothing to do with that. Hey, shout out to the web t- yeah, website to design our people. Marketing team and our website design um, team. But yeah. yeah, dude, I saw the uh, Aquavit and I was like, ah, what is, I've yeah, never heard of that. Scandinavian spirit. It's more similar to gin. A lot of people say, oh, or a lot of people ask me if it's like vodka. It's like, no, it's a lot more similar to gin and the fact that it's a flavored spirit. Uh, so but it's you're, like that boozy tea you were mentioning. Exactly. We make it the same exact way. We just use different flavors. Oh. So instead of predominantly juniper, it's going to be predominantly caraway and dill. So it's oh, going to be very so reminiscent. it's got a little bit of a herby Totally. Much that more sounds, savory. That sounds gross, man. Yeah, <laughs> it goes great with pickled herring if that's kind of your bag. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'll have to give that a shot someday. I like all those flavors. I'm way into fermented foods. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I probably would probably hit the spot for me. I nice. drink the pickle juice. Um, yeah, uh, Keisha's dad has started getting into that too. And he's ma- they've made fermented, um, fermented beet juice. Oh, I bet that's fizzy and delicious. Other, yeah, it's called Kavas, I okay, think. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I've that's another that. funky Scandinavian thing. Uh, actually, goes great with Aquavit. I did make a cocktail out of that one night. And did you then, possibly marry into a Scandinavian family? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's where this influence is coming from? No, well, this was, we always try to make, um, we try to create spirits at the distillery that kind of tell a good story, or at least highlight the area, or or, or tell a good story of the surrounding area, population, uh, And we have a pretty creators. big Scandinavian population. Totally. Yep. So um, there, and that's kind of, we found like Aquavit kind of gaining a little bit of popularity, like gin- Five, six, seven, eight years ago was the big, like the Northwest gin. You had Aviation and Aria and the big Portland gins and big gin out of Ballard and and Copperworks too, kind of setting the stage for some really, really cool gins that broke the mold, like that were very contemporary. It's you try to mute the juniper and bring out other flavors. Like this one was very citrus forward. I mean, there's enough juniper in there to make you realize it's a gin, but. Um, so juniper is the base for gin? Juniper is the predominant flavor in gin, yes. And that's Federally a, speaking. That's a tree, right? Essentially like a, a cedar tree almost. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a conifer. So when juniper, they call them juniper berries, but they're actually more like a, the cone of, uh-huh. of the tree. Oh, the green cones? Yeah. Are they still, does kind it look of, almost like a hop? Little, little tiny. But, oh, they're real small. Real oh, tiny. yeah, yeah. I know yep. exactly where you. Pick them up uh, like they're in parking lots where there's juniper trees and yes, medians. Totally. Yep. <laughs> like and tiny little pine. Yeah, cones. like out yeah, out in uh, Bend, mm-hmm. there's tons of juniper. Yeah, drier, drier yep. climates. They mm-hmm. use juniper the as desert. bonsai trees. They work great as bonsai oh, cool. trees. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Oh, that'd be neat to have in the distillery. Yeah, that'd be neat to have in here too. <laughs> totally. This, a bonsai tree between like between two ju- junipers with Jeff Nesbitt. Oh yeah. Oh fucking love between two ferns. It's so good. That's one of the best shows ever made. Yeah. Like the. Amount of balls it takes yeah. to do that show, <laughs> dude. I doing this show and like how the amount of nerves I feel just sitting down to have a pleasant conversation yeah. with you, like, and that's why we have booze. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do Zach Galifianakis's job. That guy, <laughs> he's a brave man. He did it to Obama. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And he's just, he oh just totally deadpan. Yeah. Just, his Professional. delivery. Is, yep. For sure. Could never do it. Um, do you want to do the liqueurs finished with the whiskey or other way sure. around? Sure. Yeah, let's do cool. that and then finish with the whiskey. That's so right. these are two of our popular ones these days. Our coffee liqueur and the cranberry liqueur. So that's the, we do, we make distilled spirits, of course. We also make the, the liqueurs. Because um, they're just, we, making or having the distillery at the hotel, it's, 
great because we have that built in that kind of captive audience, right? Where if there's a distillery on the hotel property, chances are you're probably going to go check it out. And you're probably going to drink. Yeah. And, but like you want to have... to go to the cheese factory and not eat, eat the cheese. So, but we need to have something for... We need to have a little bit of something for everybody. Like, I noticed satisfy that. every palate. So that was kind of as that... First and foremost, I mean, amenity for our guests. Give them a cool experience. Um, yes, of course, we've made it more than that, but that's kind of... I was not expecting of, that. You guys have such a well-rounded lineup. It's... I was really impressed just yeah, with and the overall product. Thanks. It looks and, great. And the liqueurs are super approachable. If you don't like sipping on straight mm-hmm. liquor in in a tasting room, you it's like go wine to the liqueurs. For yeah, totally. Go to the liqueurs, sip on some of those, and and you'll be fine. Uh, the coffee liqueur um, collaboration with uh, Columbia River Coffee Roaster, uh, cool outfit out of Astoria. So we collaborated with them because they've been making two custom roasts for the hotel since, oh man, I think 2007. This smells really good. Yeah, it's, if you like coffee. I do. This is it. Dude, I bet that gets right? you so hungover. That um, tastes so sweet yeah, and I, delicious. I could drink I'll that do some straight R&D all day. And get back to you. Yeah, I don't all know. All day. That shit is good. We were uh, marketing that as our work from home coffee last year. Can I have another yeah, one of those killing. before yeah, totally. we yeah. go to the cranberry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is delicious. Yeah, this is yours. I can't believe you made all this, man. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, that's it's, really cool. It's a lot of fun. I never, I mean, like working up in Seattle, it's like, I'm going to. Thank you. Oh, sorry. No, that's plenty. Um, you must feel so much pride. Yeah, it's, it's different making that transition from like being a cog in a wheel to being a creator. Yeah. And like a crafter. I never, ever thought. I was going to do that. I mean, I went to, I, I grew up and wanted to build airplanes for whatever reason. Cause I, it's awesome. Sure. Yeah. And then, so I went to the only college in the state that, that gave me an aero degree. Were right? you into that stuff as a kid? Yeah. Oh you yeah. Build models and stuff yes. like that. Yes. I yeah. The jets and helicopters. Oh yeah. Yeah. I couldn't do those ones, but I would do the cars. The car. My, my dad was a car guy. Totally. Yeah. The car, Well, yeah. The cars. Cars were harder because they had like wheels that had to move and stuff. I like the the planes were easier for me. I just put but the cars I tried on the to shelf. get. I never got the wheels to move, and I just glued them. Glued them <laughs> in place. I tried to get really into it. Like I bought because they had the levels, right? Like mm-hmm. level one, level two, level oh, yeah, three. Yeah. And I would get. I I put a couple of them together. Man, I can't even remember how old I was at this point. But God, um, I, I bet the smell of the glue would just take us right back. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and uh, and building. Um, uh, building the the uh, balsa gliders and the right stuff. Oh yeah, sci- for science Olympiad. Uh, but I always tried to. I got like one level five, and it got to the point where I got like an individual stick shift mm-hmm. that I need. Like I needed to assemble the car like from the cock the cockpit the inside out. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, no man, I can't do the tie rods and the individual springs for the suspension. I'm like, this is cool. It's like a real car. No way. Yeah. Yeah. No I, I way. didn't. I did a, maybe one or two of those ones. It took a long time. Yeah. Nah, kids aren't going to do that shit anymore. I'm surprised those companies haven't gone out of business. No, that's a, that's an old man's game. Yeah. Right. It is. God, we're going to be old men very soon. Yeah. So we should invest in some more models. <laughs> yeah, and GameStop. <laughs> and the and GameStop. But I think we missed the boat on that one. Yeah, I know. If if you read the news story, you already missed the boat. Oh right, and that's what I kind of yeah I I found that out. I didn't 
I didn't get any GameStop stock. Me neither. Unfortunately. I couldn't do it. I did see like the opportunity. And we should have because it went down, but it dropped again to like 40 bucks a share. What's to stop them from doing it again? And then now it's, it was, uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at it in a minute, but it was like shot back up to two, two fifty, three hundred. Oh, they did do it again. They did it again. Kind of did it again. Not to the same extent, like not when they had to pull the plug on everything before it hit 500 a share. Oh yeah. The hedge funds had to buy back in, right? Nuclear to get, implosion. To, I don't remember. Yeah, to cover their asses know. or something. That, it got beyond my, my knowledge base. I just started learning about the financial market like within the last two years. Like, yeah. My understanding is very basic. Yes. Um, I don't know how to trade really that well. I have a hand – now I've I've opened an account. I have a handful of stocks in some speculative stuff, but yeah. Do you do any of the fun ones? Like, Or is it just like uh, – Oh, the meme G&H, stocks and stuff? Hartford Mutual, whatever, oh, no. blah, blah, blah. No, it's like I, I'm trying to do like the cheap stocks mm. that I'm trying to understand if they have something cool coming out. Okay, so yeah, that's what I mean. Or if they have some kind of fun partnership with Ford or if they're, they're – uh, medication is entering phase three FDA trial. Something do some kind of due diligence, right? Some kind Everybody of market should research. Do that. Yeah, imagine but, how much better our economy would function. Imagine how much better the social media outlook would be. Everyone would understand what's going on around them if everybody had to invest a certain amount of money. Andrew Yang, listen right. to this. Everybody gets a thousand dollars a week or whatever it is you're going to give everybody. It's ridiculous, but I hope it happens. The uh, universal basic income. Make them ha- to where they have to invest 25% of it into the stock market. Boom. Economy saved. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Done. You solved Done. it. Done. And solved also the now we have an educated populace. They're not going to waste that money. GameStop is going to blow the fuck up. <laughs> Everybody's going to be, yeah. You, well, you're only late to the party if you don't have the volume to support it, right? Exactly. If you can get another 8 million people to buy a bunch of GameStop stock. Um, the Cranberry Liqueur, this kind of started it all. Um, started the distillery a this little bit. This is the one I have tried, but it was years ago. Oh, now. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've heard it's better. So I can't remember who tried that the other day. I think it was Jeff Harrell. He was trying our stuff. He's like, oh, man, your stuff's better than it used to be. So thanks, Jeff. Um yeah, this is the this is the cranberry liqueur. This kind of started the distillery. This is the very first spirit that we released. Um, we've got a couple of gold medals for this one. Um, Starvation nice Alley. And tart. What yeah. is that? Starvation Alley is the farm. John and Debbie Oaks's farm. Okay. <clears throat> so they used to uh, make. Oh, that's good. They used to do that. The value add the the cold pressed juice from the fruit. Right. Well, they stopped doing that. They're still harvesting, and we had the opportunity to purchase a bunch of this really, really, really good concentrate product from the fruit that they raised on their farm, and that is what we use in the what we used in the development of the cranberry liqueur, and now use in the production of the cranberry liqueur. And this is a really popular one because it's just again, it's about it's about telling that story about kind of highlighting our area and that's that's our agriculture. Like that's we how have, you gotta do it, man. We have diverse aquaculture, but as far as land based ag, it's cranberries. Cranberries. Really, commercially anyway. And noxious weeds. And noxious we weeds. Not a big well. market for those though. I can no, I imagine. can't get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> I really think that that's how products should be made. Like with the stuff from, you know, within how, what's the farthest away? The coffee is from across the river. And yeah, right. The cranberries are from your backyard. It's like yes, 
and that's, they're from my brother's backyard, actually. Yes, exactly. Literally um, from your yeah. brother's backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what, I mean, as a, as a company, that's kind of the story that we're trying to tell. And as a distillery, it's like, how do you, how do you really identify your brand in the sea of everything else out there? Like, why do you, why are people going to pick up your vodka? Why are people going to pick up your cranberry liqueur or your coffee liqueur? Bad example for the cranberry liqueur. There's not too many of them, right? But Yeah. And yours um, is definitely the best. Yeah. Thank you. Good answer. That's probably true. And that's <laughs> got to be a weird feeling if, to have the best of, of anything. There's a very good chance that if you went to a world competition you could possibly be the world's greatest cranberry liqueur maker. I will tr- have to try to find one of those. You have that the would be best really cool. materials. You know, you have the right. facilities. You're a smart guy. Why wouldn't you be the best? I'll have to. Like, there's got to be some international liqueur competition, right? Yeah, you know try what I mean. Though, like, up. sometimes you just work with what you've got and right. you make it work, and, it, yeah. and it'll be passable. But you're in a situation where you have like top line facilities, and you have access to these materials and I'm sure you have a budget where you can actually procure the best ingredients and create a really, really premium product and your shit is awesome. Thanks, man. Like that's yeah, gotta feel good. We've tried to. And again, it's about it's about that story and what we can tell and why we can entice people to buy our stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, and same, oh, same thing with a whiskey. It's like, there are so many whiskeys out there and there are so many big players that can do it cheaper and arguably better than us. But why would someone look for our stuff on a shelf? And it's because of the story that we can tell. I would try it because I tried the coffee and the cranberry. And you liked it. It's fantastic. Dude, I've had a lot of booze that's disgusting. Um, And I've always said that, like, as as if it's just an understood fact that booze doesn't actually taste good. It's just, you know, you build that association mentally between the pleasant feeling it gives you. Totally. And that was my, like, I grew, and I guess grew, I didn't really didn't really take me that long, but like to have a real appreciation for alcohol. I don't think that's true with your, with your liquor, man. That stuff, I I was shocked by how tasty that coffee liqueur was. It tastes like, uh, you know, that last little swirl of coffee drink at the bottom of like, if you get a Frappuccino or something, one of the sugary, delicious ones, the the only kind I get, um, (laughs) the, that little melted bit at the end, it's just so good. That's what that tasted like. Like delicious. It's really good. (laughs) So, um, this is, uh, the next one that I brought is a whiskey that we are going to re-release. Um, so again, telling that story, this is a collaboration with the North Jetty Brewery. Oh, wow. So they made us a, uh, special mash of their Semper Paratus Porter and we distilled it as a whiskey. So is, so that's, they didn't. Okay, I, I was about to ask a stupid question. That would have been embarrassing. Oh, no. Don't worry, carry Don't on. Ask, no, I was going to say no stupid questions. Um, the So they you have to make a beer to distill. Distillation doesn't create the ethanol, right? It's yeah. fermentation that creates the ethanol. Oh, so my you, question wasn't stupid. No, see? So you're either making a beer, you're making a wine, you're making a mead, mm-hmm. you're making sake, you're making something, and then you have to distill that. So they, ended up, they ended up making... So this is... Liquor made out of beer? Essentially, essentially? yeah. So, but without the hops, because Mm -hmm. once you distill hops, it gets a little resinous and a little funky. So they kept the hops out of there and just that grain base. And then we distilled and aged that as a whiskey. So this one's, this will be two years old. This is what we're releasing coming up in April. So what Um, makes whiskey whiskey versus bourbon or, or versus vodka? 
So whiskey is a very broad category. Your federal definition means it has to come off the still at under 160 proof and it has to be made of grain. And also before we get too far ahead, what is proof? And like the mathematical, oh, yeah. as, a, as a measure, what does it mean? Uh, proof is the um, double the uh, alcohol by volume percentage. So the degrees of proof, um, basically it was historically, I think I'm getting this right. They had a scale when they produced this way centuries ago. The, basically you had a reference bottle that was considered 100 degrees of proof. And if your stuff didn't measure up and if it, or if it was a higher proof, you came in at 90 degrees of proof or 110 degrees of proof. If yours was more pure than the reference or if it was less ethanol than the reference. How'd they compare them? Density. Oh, okay. So by mass, Um, they put them on a, a, like a, a scale that balances them out or how do they measure the density? Yes. But, uh, better than that, you use a hydrometer. Oh, gotcha. So it's some kind of float. So, and those have been around for centuries. So, um, that was like your, your baseline was 100 degrees of proof. And so everything was based off of that. And you either got paid more for your good stuff or paid less for your shit stuff. Uh-huh. So, um, and I don't know when it got standardized, but 100 degrees proof ended up being 50% ethanol That's pretty good by volume. So then 200 degrees pu- proof is pure ethanol. So oh. this is hundred degrees proof. This is, uh, uh, 50% ABV. Uh, and that's, that's a fairly, ABV is just alcohol by volume, right? That's the same across the board everywhere. everywhere. And the, the rest of the ingredient is just water and flavor, right? Yeah. So it's, it's grain. So we're making that beer. Oh, it's, that's what all those grain. carbs are. Right. We're making that beer out of grain and then we are distilling that beer. And this is the spirit that is the result of that after you put it in a barrel for a good, good while. So this what is kind of barrel. This will be two years old. Oak. Yeah, char whiskey is uh, specifically charred oak. Wow. So it, if you look at the inside of a whiskey barrel, uh, and you would and you flip a log over in the campfire where it's all burnt and blistered and cracked and canyoned, that's what it looks like on the inside of the barrel. Wow. And, and it, that's where it gets the color. Huh? Yes, because there is a behind that deep char. There's a layer of caramelized sugar that's from the oak itself. So that. Once the spirit seeps into that, dissolves some of that and pulls it back out into solution, that's where most of your color comes from. Wow. That's cool. Oh yeah. Cause the carbon would just filter it. Yeah. Yeah. That probably makes for a very clean product. Right. I never thought about that. I actually always thought about it the opposite way where I was like, oh, that seems like it would make the product dirty, but that probably makes it very clean. Yeah. The charcoal. I mean, that's what we use. Yeah. That's what we use to filter our vodka is activated. That's what you Activated charcoal. Yeah. Yep. But no, yeah, we don't, uh, we don't filter our whiskey at all. Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, we that's... have one. I think we did once one of our early one of our early ones we did. Um, so this is this is one I'm really excited about coming back. This is one of my favorite spirits that we make. Tasting this. Oh my gosh, that gives me so many flashbacks. Yeah, good, bad, both, both. <laughs> uh, tasting this next to the porter it's based on from from the North Jetty um, is really cool because you really do get to taste some of those similarities. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Ooh, that's got a great finish. Good. Yeah. A little hot because oh, I just that's... proofed it down today and pulled it out of the barrel. But yeah. That tastes great. Thanks. That's got a really nice, uh, 
like halfway through, um, like a burst. Yeah. A little flavor burst. Yep, yep. Really malty up front, and you get some more of those. Like beer. Right. Kind of like totally. beer. You get some more of those funky, more grainy, grainy flavors in the middle. Some I get um, a little bit of tobacco, a little bit of cedar wood, um, like dark dried fruits. That's really cool, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be so much fun. It is. And you've got yeah. endless possibilities. You could just... Do you get to explore? Yeah. Yes. But the thing with whiskey, yeah, I, I have uh, complete um, creative control over the products, which is nice. which is awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that um, until I start until making start too many... Until you start putting out some yeah, bullshit. Right. And too many, <laughs> too many times in a row, they're going to step in and be like, hey, listen. Um, so I think that... Um, um, yeah, you. The thing with whiskey though is it takes so long to figure that out. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. I, I made this tweak, and I I did this, and I didn't do that, and I did this differently. But now you got to wait two years to figure that out. So you must take meticulous notes. Yeah, we have a good. Uh, we have a pretty good system um, for uh, taking notes like that. We did a run. We kind of did a bunch of runs and they're all, all the barrels are coming of age and Jacob will remember this where we had a guy in from another distillery and he was kind of giving us some pointers on mash and fermentation. We did so many different, so many different iterations. We did single distillations. We did double pot, double column. We did all, we tweaked the fermentation temperatures. We tweaked the grain density. Then yeah, we do have notes to trace all of those back. So Really, if we pull in the next few months, actually, if we pull one barrel that's just like leagues above phenomenal, we'll definitely go back to that. But and I'm I sure think, that happens, right? Yeah, I don't know. I I hope maybe. Yeah, I'm excited once, to find out. Once it happens, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, we've we've definitely know. I've definitely noticed barrels that taste that taste better than others. I know. I even noticed it with the bur. We that was the biggest release that we did this summer was our bourbon. Um, that was two years old. We released nine casks in total. And two of those casks were like, oh, wow. Like this is, I don't know what was different mm-hmm. in these because you filled out of the same distillation. I filled these three casks with the same stuff. They're yeah. right next to each other on the shop floor. Like why, what's the difference? And there's, um, there must not be much bacterial action because it's, oh, it's no, alcohol. It's, you're and at 120 proof. Sterile and it, yeah. And so it's. Yeah. What very it's just it's just destiny. variation in the cask, yeah, variation <laughs> yeah. in the cask, variation in something. Maybe there's a little hole in one of them. Maybe the seal's not quite tight. Got just enough air to totally, grow yeah. something and yeah. get, make it good. Get the Put a little stank on get it. Get the esters in there. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's that's been really cool to see. And right now our production isn't at a level where we can blend like 14 casks together to really stabilize a product. You don't have a big tank. Exa- well, no, we don't have a big, we don't have enough casks. Yeah. Like you, you go to the beam or, or, uh, makers or Buffalo or the giant distilleries, they're blending dozens of barrels at a time. Right. When so I see we blended on a whiskey, that. it make and I uh, keep in mind I know nothing about sure. about spirits, but I see blended whiskey. I'm like, oh, I don't want that one. Ah, see, that's yeah, that's all marketing. You see single yeah, it's, bar- it's you see sing- you see single barrel. In oh, there like, we go. Oh, that's yeah. a twelve year. Oh, yeah, that's the one for me. So um, when you see and and that single barrel might not be good. Yeah, right? exactly. I don't so know. So the uh, this about. other barrel might be way better, mm-hmm. and that blend 
of all of these barrels of whiskey, hey, they did that because they want this to taste the same now as it did a decade earlier. Yeah. Right? So that's why you blend and you tweak and that kind of stuff. So right hey man, now we I don't have- I grew up have, drinking McNaughton's. Oh, yeah. So we, I- <laughs> We don't have caramel colored. Yeah. We don't have- I'm we blend, don't have Oh, Crown Royal is my shit. That's, I've been drunk off yeah. Crown Royal more times than any other whiskey. And <laughs> I, it's a blended whiskey. It is. It's a blended Canadian or- Yeah, Crown yeah, is Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. Shout out Canadians. Mm. Yeah, we make, we definitely make American style whiskey, which is like just. Yeah, that's good, man. Basic. I'm really. I do. I really like the Semper Paratus whiskey. That's one of my favorites. I'm glad it's coming back. I'm glad we have a little bit more. Uh, we'll have a little bit uh, higher supply of it this year. That's one of my favorites. What's and again, it tells, is, tells a great story too. What's your guys' distribution? Oh, never mind. I don't actually care about that as much as I would like to hear the story about the whiskey. Oh, it's just, it, yeah, just, it, it goes hand in hand with the rest of our, with the rest of our labels and our desire to tell that story oh, the, the, about the beer, highlighting, the beer another, and the mash, highlighting you know. another company, you already told working me with an orange sorry, man, you get yeah. me drunk and then it's make right? me repeat myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, distribution, not a ton. Uh, we are partnered with the distributor up in uh, the Seattle area. Obviously COVID has impacted that. Our equipment issues have impacted that, but we're but we're building back up our, our inventory and we'll get that relationship rolling now that some places are opening back up. We have whiskey. I don't think we'll be able to distribute till at least next year just because of that volume where we have a new bonded space where we're uh, able to store more casks, which is great. But right now it's just, we're releasing one and two at a time and trying to keep the stuff in the barrel as long as we can. We have a cool project uh, coming out with another company that we're working on to try to give us some more, some more whiskey volume that we're really excited about. Yeah. It's just, we got it. Brown liquor is so hot right now. Is it? Like, oh yeah. It's, you can't, we, we sell out before the next stuff's ready. Good problem to have. Yeah. yeah. But not one I want to have. I want to, yeah. I want to have, gotta keep that I want to have the whiskey for the people. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, they're demanding it. They are. And it's, it sells well. People like the uniqueness. I just had a guy coming to this, the distillery today. He's like, it's my son's third birthday. And it's not I, an appropriate gift for a three-year-old. No, it's not. But it is. <laughs> if you uh, buy him a bottle of really unique whiskey every year on his birthday and save them all till he's 21. Congratulations. Your gift is alcoholism. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> functioning, we hope. But um, yeah, it's, it, I thought that was kind of really cool. So they go around to all these different distilleries around the country and around the world mm -hmm. in Europe and whatever. And they're buying this, the dad's buying whiskey for his kid when he turns 21 to like gift him this, massive collection of all they of must these have a big birthday house. whiskeys right how do you even i mean it's only 21 bottles and it's not josefina go put this in the whiskey <laughs> vault <laughs> the whiskey vault yeah totally <laughs> yeah we need to start i'm i i i thought it was really cool to sound i'm like you know what would be cooler is to have that in a barrel that you just sit on for that oh long. fuck but, yeah man right? that would be like liquid gold Oh, totally. Because it's just going to get better and appreciate and value as well we did a tour of um uh, Hood River Distillers in Clear Creek has a new facility out there. They were originally in Portland. Now I think their their production is a couple different places in Oregon. But um, they had like the oldest barrel of uh, Oregon single malt 
whiskey like up on a like up on a very high rack he's like yeah we don't tell anybody exactly where it is he's like there's not not. there's not more than a little puddle in there by this point because they've been around since the 80s right but is oh so one of those one of those cool stories to tell yeah the angel share so we lose about 15 percent in a 30 gallon cask over the two years that that's been in there we lost five proof gallons so that's one gallon at a hundred proof and this is a, what you're drinking here is 100 proof. Uh-huh. So we lost five and a half gallons of this. Wow. Yeah. Just through evaporation. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do yeah, about it. It's called the angel share. Nothing you can do about wood. it. Because it's wood. Yep. And it breathes. Yeah. Your, yeah. your cask isn't, isn't airtight for sure. But yeah. So you look at a, you, next time you look at a 25 year old bottle of scotch and it's seven, eight, nine, hundred dollars $100. I mean, that's why. You're like, now you're amortizing all of, that initial upfront investment over a much smaller volume and the the inflation and everything else that you're throwing on top of that. That's why all that stuff. So that makes actually a lot of economic yeah. sense. Yeah. That's, that's yes, really it's incredible. Yes, it's incredibly rare. Yeah, but, but there's also that's why there's not that much of it. Yeah, but well, there, I mean and, that's why only really rich people can buy it. Totally. And but there is there is a very a very practical explanation about why it is that much. People really and a lot, like a lot it. of it's a lot of it's market, right? Whatever and a lot the market of it's just will bear. people being fixated on things. Mm-hmm. People love their things, and I can see why things mm-hmm. are fun. Uh, but yeah, especially things that are perishable, not perishable but consumable. You get to use this stuff once, and yeah. you're you're either the lucky person who bought the nine hundred dollar bottle, or you're not. Yeah, or yeah, or even it goes way yeah, way up. From what's there. the most expensive? whiskey or alcohol you've ever tasted oh man um you know i i don't think i have a very cool story on that i think it was some astronomically priced pour of whistle pig boss hog like up in seattle when i was your phone or my phone i it might be mine i'm sorry oh that's no no um poor of boss hog that i got in when i was young and thought i had more money than i actually did Uh uh-huh but that's probably it um something in a bar i haven't had um a ton of very expensive whiskeys me neither um i imagine they taste like the rest of them (laughs) maybe just a little smoother. A little smoother, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I've been really into uh, really into cask strength whiskeys lately. Which so is, now what does that mean? Cask strength is like right out of the barrel. So your distillation proof is one proof, and that's always going to be the highest. Um, so for a whiskey, you're right around 100 and, between 120 and 160, depending on what it is. And then that goes in, or 140, 160. So that goes in the barrel at federal maximum of 125. Or lower. We cask some of ours at like 112. It's pretty low. Okay. 112 proof. And then um, that gets pulled out of the barrel at something right around what you put it in at or maybe a little higher. And then because of that whole evaporation angel share thing. Condenses it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then um, to bottle that, you want to find your, you want to dial in your bottling proof of like, okay, this is still clean and bright enough but you get some more of those meaty, funky flavors down at the lower proof. Which people like in the higher end market, right? Some of the more rich flavors. Yeah, totally. Yep. Or any, yeah, any market, as long as you can, as long as you can pull it. You ever read one of those wine uh, sommelier charts where like all the different ways to describe it, like stinky socks. Yeah. Yeah. Cat cat urine for a Sauvignon Blanc. 
Yeah. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And then that's I one of my least they... favorite smells ever, <laughs> let alone and flavors. I don't know if they have uh, if they have one of those quite as in depth for whiskeys. I bet they do, um, man. Yeah, per- there's a guy do. with a curly handlebar mustache somewhere and <laughs> and black rim glasses with a straw hat. And a, a, a woman actually, one? I can't remember her name, but there are there is a woman who is renowned in the spirits industry. She is like she is a professional nose. And she will go to your rick house or your barrel house. She will sample and sample your whiskeys and say, this is a single barrel. This is good for blending. This needs X more years. This is garbage. Um, someone uh, cooked fish on July 18th, uh, 2002 uh, in the microwave in the break room uh, when this one was just cast. I mean, she, she she's is- She's got the nose. Yeah. She's done a couple of, uh, a couple of seminars through the, uh, the various- So it's uh, a technique. It, she's not trying to suggest it's a, a gift? I th- oh she, man, does she I have think a whiskey a, background? I think it's a little bit of both. Well, yeah, no, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise everybody would be, every distiller would know exactly what to put in their, yeah. what to put in the cask. Right? It, I, it makes sense to me if she's like, her dad was a whiskey guy or her dad was a severe alcoholic. Yeah, no, or, I just think she, um, she has like the, it's all just biological. She's just genetic. like an accountant who's stone sober. Who's just like, oh yeah, single, right. single. Yeah, totally. Yep. This one's uh this one's to be blended. This <laughs> this one you need to blend this one. This one's garbage, throw it out. Yeah, don't Some waste people your just time got the gift. It. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So but uh, with the cask strength, it's whatever you pull it out of the barrel at. So if okay. you if you find cask strength on the shelf, chances are it's right around 120. Um Blaylocks across the river has a couple of really cool ones. Um but yeah, I've been I've really been appreciating the higher proof spirits now that I have that I kind of have a palate for it. Oh, it's yeah. like you can I can taste something at 120 proof and be like, "Oh yeah, that's cool." Instead of being like, "Oh, <laughs> fire." Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. What's your favorite drink? Like your favorite cocktail? Uh, probably uh, probably a toss up between a Manhattan or an old fashioned. Oh, I've actually never had an old fashioned and what? I've always wanted to. That's what I should have, I should have made you an old fashioned. That sounds great. Next yeah, time. We're next time. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, they, they, we'll get the, we'll get the boys club back together. There we we'll go. I actually thought about calling Jake and getting him, uh, to come down here and crash this. But then I, I I've thought about that with like every interview of yeah. a person who I was like, Oh, it'd be so cool if they just popped in. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, well, then it, is that disrespectful to the main guest? Like to, to my trying to say they're not enough or so i don't do it except for when blake was here i had melissa come in because they they're best buds but um no i i asked jake to be on the podcast and he he didn't write me back so i <laughs> i didn't ask him to come down but um if you're listening jake please come on the podcast right? buddy was that was that mr padgett's class yeah i think Padgett's it was the, Padgett's class. The, the boys club in yeah. the back always always talking when we should have been listening yeah yep man i ran Good into times. him at home depot about two years ago it was weird. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I. Well, he wasn't Chinook. He's not. No. Is he not around here anymore? No, no. He's he, not. He moved away like probably 2008. Yeah, right. Like right after we left. Yeah. We were supposed to, um, uh, last fall, we were supposed to get together with Jacob and go out and find some new. That's right. Find Mushrooms. some new foraging trails, huh? Yeah. We have to get back on that this fall. We should. I actually started instead m- making a podcast. Hey, there you go. Also a very cool pastime that's not seasonal. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it has taken all my free time. Actually, somebody, yeah. it, it's almost weird because like I was so into the mushroom thing. I, I get obsessive about shit. Yeah. So that like once I'm into a thing, it's, it's so like, enjoyable. It's all I want to do. Right. And even though I still meet my responsibilities, it's 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 hard for me to pull myself away from whatever it is that's calling me. Totally. Like, it's been so many things too. It, 
for years it was drugs. And like I would still force myself to do school and work out and eat healthy and sleep well so I could get high. And like that's a fucked up way to live. Then I switched to working out and being really good at my job, trying really hard to be good at my job. there you go. It's a little bit more constructive. Much, much more. Also, (laughs) pays way better. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, and now I've come into this place where at my job, I I have a workflow that's set up to where I know what's coming ahead, so I don't have to use all my attention to try to predict problems. I used to spend all my time just like fretting about potential things that could get fucked up, things that could go wrong, and like all the people who would, you know, realize I'm a fraud because, you know, the imposter syndrome that haunts us all. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. Right. Um, but when I realized, like, I'm actually good at my job, I-, I figured out how to make it work pretty well. Now I can put this attention into other things. Yeah. Mushrooms, baby. I got out in the woods and I started picking. Now, how many trails. years were you like really hard, going really hard on mushrooms? Um, since on 2000. Foraging. I'm going to call it foraging. Can you specifically target that and know enough about it to be like, yeah. yep, these aren't going to kill me? I've spent hundreds of hours researching Whoa. and exploring and you know i i do the whole thing and spore prints and i know what oh, i'm talking man, about oh man i have them. like my five or maybe even less that are like the the super like tried and true beginner yeah and that's that's what i go after those me too yeah uh, really uh, like as far as like those are the ones that taste good anyway exactly yeah. those are the ones that sell right like, I, I sell mushrooms so the i I love to pick them so much that it becomes like something I can't stop doing. I'll lose time. But you I, have to. Like, I mean, they're going to rot. They're going to rot on the ground. Or they're going to rot. Well, slugs the, are going to eat. But they're seasonal. Yeah, exactly. Right? You can't do a, it all year round unless you're like nomad, like traveling all over the see, state and the it. country. You get it. You right. got to do it. You got to strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> and it's only hot for like two months. But that's cool. Go hard for two months. I, yeah, I love yeah. it. Around Black Lake or some logging roads. Yeah. <laughs> it, I would, I'll easily spend eight hours, um, in the rain, just, oh yeah. as long as you get the right frequency of discoveries. Yeah. You can't, you get too many, uh, too many dead spots and yeah. you're, you're just getting wet and pissed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you're finding one, like uh, find a patch every 10, 15 minutes, totally. oh man, you're, you're stuck because <laughs> that's long enough to where you got to keep looking and you might even go 30 minutes, 45 minutes sometimes. But then once you do find one, you're just like, Love. <laughs> golden, just golden. We patch. might uh, we might have to pack up the bikes, but I got a good lobster and a chanterelle spot. We should nice. uh, go hit up this fall. Those are good eating yep, lobsters. Yep. I like them dried. Oh, in really? Powder. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, with uh, uh, like red sauce pasta dishes. Oh yeah. Fun. The lobster powder is phenomenal. I oh. made a bunch. Uh, they were uh, stocking stuffers that I did for uh, Christmas presents. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that with porcinis, the King Belites. In, in burgers. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's yep. exactly what I did, Love actually. Love porcini powder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes it taste kind of earthy. Totally. It's really great. Yeah, and those they're good the, for you, too. Those are ones, yeah, those are ones that I'll pick. Chantrells, um, hedgehogs. And those are my favorite ones to eat. Oysters. Hedgehogs. Uh, lobsters. They're yeah. hard to find, though. You don't, I don't find much of them. No, and you know the, the where I found the most of them? Just around Black Lake. Oh, really? Yeah. I found the most of them just And it's off just a handful here and there. The Chinook little, the area where you pick, the mushroom area in Chinook. Yep. Like off of that parking lot there, yep, the yep. county lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only spot I've really ever found. I've them. never found a single hedgehog out there. Really? Yeah. Tons of chanterelles. A couple of Belites here and there. Yeah. Oh, that's my best Belite spot ever was back there. Oh, really? It's gotten worse the last that's four where, or five years. But yeah. It's, it's, it was real. I, I, I left one time with two bags so full that I had to take off my 
shirt and use it as oh, and like tie off the arms. Yeah. Oh, no, I've hit I've hit chanterelles back there like that, but never bleats. My dad and I used to. That's where I learned. That's where I learned how to pick mushrooms. Yeah. That's where my dad you can taught see me. See the there. people. You can see the mushroom picker signs around oh, like yeah. the trail. You know. You know. I I see times where I'm just like I see a little patch of dirt and I move uh-huh. it. I was like, oh, that was a king bleat plucked from the ground there, and somebody replaced the little divot. Yeah. Like you motherfuckers took my mushroom. <laughs> we saw. Um, I started taking uh, Keisha's dad out there. Uh, every once in a while and Keisha's dad and Jacob and I hit chanterelles right on, um, they were just, they were everywhere. Everywhere he stepped on that, uh, in the moss out there. We just mm-hmm. three, um, three grocery bags. Full. They're so big out there. Yeah. It's so humid. It's so, and it, that's another thing that's really cool is like picking on different parts of the peninsula and it's the same chanterelles, 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 but yeah. you can really tell the different, they're like, oh, these are the, these are the windmills beliefs because they're a little darker on the top, or these uh-huh. are the beach beliefs because they're a little blonde on the top, or these are the, the windmill chanterelles because they're way bigger. Yeah. Um, and they're not as like tight and down to down low to the ground like they're at the, at the Black Lake, but we. Yeah, the Black Lake ones are great. They're almost like the string cheese kind. Yeah. Yes, totally. Real dense, real yep. firm flesh, bright yellow, yep, um, yep. and real curly top. Yeah, those are good. They don't do like the the. They uh, don't like, open up like they don't the reach, trumpet. Reach up, yeah. yeah. And we we pulled up pulled up, and there was a car already there. I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah. I bet we missed it. But it was like the week after I went out there, and I'm like, okay, I'm too early. We'll come back next week. We started walking down the trail. The first like right where I'm like, okay, they should start. They should start coming up. And I just start finding stumps and I'm just like, oh, just totally defeated. I'm like, it's not even worth pillaging for scraps at this point. Yeah. He's like 200 yards ahead. I'm, we're packing it in. Yep. Just left defeated. That's a bad feeling. Yeah. You know, what's worse is when you find like people doing bad practices with their mushroom picking, like, uh, you know, not properly caring for the soil around or oh, sure. making it to where there's no chance they're going to come back really fucking up the ground or that drives me nuts um or oh god this is like giant chunks of moss just like ripped up and removed yes, and exactly yeah. exactly but yeah just people just not thinking about others or not thinking about the environment yeah, yeah. the ecosystem is very or fragile. the sustainability of your yeah. the, of that practice yeah, yeah. you want to keep doing this right like you yeah. want to you know where they are now like let's let's treat it good so you can come back and keep hitting yeah. it. It seems like a lot of beginners don't realize like you may have just found this, but this is a patch that some people have been coming to every year for since they were kids. Totally. Like it's sad when they ruin it. And that happens a lot. Damn kids. Yeah. See, damn we are kids. getting old. I know. Psychedelic mushrooms though, that's becoming a whole new thing. Like the world is opening up to that suddenly. And we happen to live in a place where they're abundant. And the highest potency available on the planet. Huh. Did you know that? No. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, is that a new um, potential market there? Absolutely. Are those, now are those something you can- I would even say can, abso-fucking-lutely. And now are those something you can actually grow? Like harv- yeah. intentionally grow them and cultivate them? If like you, know you can doing. weed yes. or- Okay. So you it isn't like, because you can't do that with bleats, right? You're just like, you got to find them. You got to find um, the patch. It seems like you need a lot of property to right. grow bleats. They're so big and they, they, you don't find them in giant clusters. You yeah. find them, they're fairly solitary. You find one or two, uh, three at the most, and then you got to find another patch. But um, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know which... could you grow in like a big or not beliefs could you grow the psychedelics in like a big pole barn and logs yeah I think I could huh cool. I, don't, I don't know if it's been done right um, but yeah I mean you would need substrate from the beach like you'd have to extract sand and that's the only way I would know how to do it is to actually use the substrate that they grow on in, oh, totally. in nature yeah. but um, I mean that's what they do for for the oysters and stuff that they send samples of a birch log with the spores growing out of the side of it. Yeah. Yeah. We've actually, I actually have some alder logs in uh, my yard with uh, plugs in them. Oh yeah. Of shiitake. Um, oh cool. That I'm trying to make sprout, but we'll see. Yeah. It's, I've never, I, I haven't really tried to cult. I mean, I have a little bit, I've, yeah. I've uh, but very little. I um, thought about just going up to the lake and just grabbing a drill and drilling a bunch of holes in a tree and be like, yeah. boop, boop, boop. And this yeah. is my own secret spot now. We'll see. Do you ever notice that I didn't do any of that, City of Owaco. I didn't. I of promise. Course I didn't not. do any of that. Hi, just, you know, hypotheticals. Hypotheticals. Um, don't come after me, Parks and Rec. Yeah, I don't know. I think the, the psychedelic thing is, is neat just for the therapeutic potential. Totally. Have you and seen is, like the Johns Hopkins stuff? I've read a little bit about it, but just headlines and some synopses, I haven't really dove into it, but I think that that's like the next, probably the next wave of acceptance. Like now that marijuana has, or cannabis is now a little bit more mainstream, I think that's probably next. Yeah. Who would have thought they were going to stop calling it marijuana once it became legal? Legal. (laughs) Well, but there's the whole, the, the, um, it was never called that, I guess. No, but I believe the stigma of marijuana goes back to the war on drugs and they wanted to make it sound foreign and dangerous and something that brown people had. Harry Anslinger, (laughs) the architect of that whole. Yes. So they called it marijuana. So I'm trying very hard to keep referring to it as cannabis. Yeah. Not just brown people. Also the blacks. Associated with jazz music, mm, and ah, Harlem, and all this, right? What a so you successful give a, program! <laughs> like seriously, man, the the fact that a lot of those straight up lies still are a major part of the social yeah. conversation today oh, yeah. in twenty twenty one, and we're just like realizing, oh yeah, fuck that. Like, yeah. I'm never calling it marijuana exactly. again. And this was in the 50s. Yeah. Like. Yep. Lasting impressions. Yeah. Yep. Reefer Madness. I had the poster from that my movie goodness. was up in my college apartment. Oh, and the you remember the D.A.R.E. stuff in school, right? Yes. Like, that was the gateway drug. D.A.R.E. was a, was a well-intentioned. Yes. Highly funded. Mm-hmm. Uh, very unsuccessful yes. program. <laughs> Um, I loved D.A.R.E. I mean, I didn't trust the cops. They creeped me out. But, um. Just, they're scary. Little kid, I, I was always afraid of cops. I just think I like the bumper stickers they gave you. Exactly. Uh, Pencils, <laughs> yeah. bumper stickers. Lots I think they of even stickers, had those, uh, like, the pencil with the color change paint on it. I was all about that. I was like, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll give you my word. I'll never do drugs. <laughs> I promise. You can trust I me. Pinky Take swear. to the bank, officer. Pinky I'm, swear. <laughs> I'm nine. I'm never changing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I, I was, I never did that in high school. Yeah, I was good so for you, man. Straight, you made the right choice. Lame, yeah, not lame, <laughs> not lame at all. If I, I could go uh, back, I would not indulge in any substances like that. Until I was in college, until yeah. I was at like twenty-one. That's a route. That's a good yeah. time. I it was before I was twenty-one. I can't remember. I can't remember how how old I was. Or at least I would have been very. Because I mean, I, it's probably not all that harmful if you barely do any and you only do it once or you know no yeah i mean it was like i still just don't think it's a great we were idea. underage in college right so it's like you're not going anywhere 
Yeah. You're not getting into any of the bar. You're staying home and you're trying to find that old friend, that friend of a friend of a friend of an acquaintance of a bum on the street that'll buy, yeah, or you, that'll make buy you booze, right? You make a friend with the Indian man who owns the Greenview Market. <laughs> totally. And then he takes you in back, gives you a couple straight shots and sends you on your way with an 18 pack. Yep. Shout out Singh. <laughs> yeah. I. So it was never like we were just in the apartment or in the house or whatever yeah. or getting in trouble with the RA. Nothing... Yeah. Nothing too terribly detrimental. I drank my first year of college a lot, I guess, but not the fun way like people do in movies, <laughs> like where it's like frat parties and everyone's happy. Oh, yeah. I was like depressed and lonely and just like yeah, pounding not, Irish car bombs. Uh, I would go to uh, would go to an Irish uh, Irish bar down the street from UW, uh, Finns, and they're all fucking named Finns. That doesn't narrow <laughs> yeah. it down. So, it was McGlynn's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's a real place. Probably. Yeah. They're all, every- That's in Bellingham. Every random Wait, ass- McGlynn's Irish pub. Where's McGlynn's? Sorry. We'll figure it out. Every every one you come up with are probably a real one somewhere. I would get a car bomb and a pint of Guinness. And the bartender was always like, uh, are you skipping dinner there, Chief? And I'm like, oh, yeah. It tastes like chocolate cake. Yeah, it's great. Very filling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Those will days. mess you up. But now I have a very deep appreciation for alcohol. It's a lot of fun. Me too. After today. <laughs> After today. Perfect. You should definitely come by the distillery sometime. Oh, I would be love to. I love yeah. gadgets. I love I love oh, equipment. I love tools. Yeah. That just sounds like you got all that ones. stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. I would love yep. to. <laughs> but yeah, we would we would get some inspiration from that and go go ham on uh go ham on a project, on a house project. It, it can be a lot of fun. It is, yeah. But it's and we did we did a bathroom up in the house in Seattle. And I think I think that's about it. And then we came down here uh, to the Iwako house and we've done a living room, a dining room, and then had some pretty serious contractor help, but uh, added a bathroom and did a master upstairs. Oh, wow. That is a big project. The next on the list is the downstairs bathroom in the kitchen. But now we'll have another bathroom. So mm-hmm. it's like we it's not going to be like the Seattle house where we were Yeah, that's way worse. Yeah, bumming with uh bumming with friends for a month. That yeah. Nope, yeah. nope. Yeah, we never did that. We've just lived in the work site, which sucks in another way. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Your kitchen's yeah. a crockpot. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> One crockpot. We've eaten so many of those damn meatballs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um eventually your body just starts to reject them. It's like this is like 25% sawdust. I'm not doing I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have the the kitchen's the next thing. That's going to be that'll probably be tough, but I mean that's something we're going to have to get help with too. We're not yeah. going to do all that by ourselves. So. Yeah, I had help for sure. Yeah. Um with just yeah, with kids, man. It's just yeah. not How is nope. everything going as a as a dad? Being a dad is great. You know. Isn't it the best? You know this. It really is great. Yeah, Mr. Born to be a dad. Yeah, most days. Most days. Most days. Yeah. You're never like that every day. I, I used to be born to sleep, and, you know, it's been years since I've done that. So <laughs> I, Keisha had the kids. We couldn't make the schedules work out for one weekend. She wanted to go up and see her grandmother, and she had the kids for a weekend, and I slept till 1030 mm-hmm. in the morning. Wow. That was... That's halfway through the day. Yeah. I woke up at 7.30, <clears throat> grabbed my phone. I'm like, oh, cool. I woke up at four yesterday. Like, this is an improvement. Yeah. Because um, little bu- Archer, uh, our son, 
he has me up between four and five every morning. Oh, wow. Four and five. Bam. Wow. Every day. Six days a week. You go back to bed? Yep. No. Oh, you're oh, no. just up. No, he's up. He's yeah. up ready to go. He's he's like, dad, Melmo. I mean, we got to watch some Sesame Street. Uh-huh. Pull the bink out of his mouth and be like, Melmo. So gotta you wake and up Sesame and watch Street. cartoons with your kid every day? Yeah. And That's then, awesome, And actually. then like, not even, probably not even 20 minutes. Oh, it's it, it's great. I wouldn't trade it for, I mean, That's yes, getting really up at 4 a.m. sucks, but it's... It is kind of awesome. Once you're used to it, it's not that bad. And I then, wake up at that same time, um, and it, I, I actually like it. My, it's like I feel like I own those hours because <laughs> no one else is using them. Right. <laughs> They're like <Yeah>. spare hours. <laughs> totally. But um, and this and then like 15, 20 minutes later, he pulls a bink out of his mouth, looks at me, he's like nana, and we just we got to go get his first breakfast, which is always a banana. Oh, that's a great breakfast. Yep. That's a pretty sweet routine. It, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I I bemoan it frequently, but honestly, it's it's Well, good. it's a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, sure. But I'm trying to get my brain wired to try to squeeze in a little workout in that time. Get How some, consistent are you on that? Oh, I literally like just started like within the last couple of days. So well, I mean, I'll, like, uh, I'll check back in with you. What about your, uh, as a history? Because you're, you're clearly no, a fairly fit guy. No, no, I'm not. The consistency is, I am not consistent. Consistency and time management are probably two of my biggest Achilles heels because you only have two heels. So I guess you got to have two. <laughs> yeah, no, consistency and time management I've historically struggled with. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. Me too, actually. Yeah, consistency is a big one. Hmm. I had a um, I had a conversation with Keisha. Uh, well, I don't know, a few weeks ago. I was saying I'm I I consider myself to be a selfish person. She's like, no, you're not. W- w- what do you mean? She would know. Consider yourself. I don't consider you to be selfish at all. Like with my time, I find myself. She's like, no, you're just bad at time management. Like you. T- I'm like, oh, all right, yeah. Yeah, you're you're totally right. She's like, no, honey, that's not your flaw. Yeah, your flaw no, is yeah, this. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so I actually don't really know your wife, but I've heard a lot of really good things about her. She's oh, she's like amazing, a very nice of lady. Course. Yeah, um, how'd she, you guys meet? We met after school through mutual after college through mutual friends. Um, she actually her first year out of UW, both graduated from UW. Senior year, lived across an alley from each other, not even across the street, but like houses back to back. Um, did you know her? I didn't know. And I'm sure I went to, she worked at Tully's like down on the, on the corner and I'm, I went to Tully's. I'm so sure I saw her. she was just like that cute girl at the coffee place? Yeah. Well, and the, and the, uh, the hot girls in the house across the alley that we never talked to because uh-huh. we were a bunch of lame squares, right? <laughs> and uh, a house full of dudes. Uh, yes. Little so, did yeah. you know she was across the way just Little, being like, the I'm whole time. And no, I am so profoundly thankful that she didn't meet me in college. I, you were the same guy. Oh, well, maybe it wasn't all bad then. Yeah, you're you're not as nerdy as you think at all. No, really. just just lame kind of. No, dude, not. you're not lame. <laughs> um, um, Self, self-deprecating humor. But really, there's some really lame dudes out there. You've, you've seen them. They're around. <laughs> right. You're definitely not one of those. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Uh, so, yeah, we met through through mutual friends of ours um, at, when we were both in Seattle a year after, or a year, probably a year plus after we graduated. And what does she do? Um now or yeah. then uh, it, now or she do you both work or is she taking care of yeah, kids? Yeah, no, she um she's the chief commercial officer for a drift hospitality. Oh wow. Um so that was kind of maybe it's her doing this website stuff. 
No, no, she that that's that's uh, part of her purview, but no, not her directly. Oh, so um, she hired the person. Probably. Contracted with, yeah, the outfit that manages it. She was the kind of the catalyst coming down here. Oddly enough, like at oh, that's right, Tiffany mentioned that actually. Yeah, at that time, if you told me I was going to move back home, I'd have thought you were insane. Like every there's nothing. What's back home? There's nothing back home. But little did you know they were going to build a business around you. Yeah. Little did I know they were going to build me a whole distillery, uh, which I'm profoundly thankful for to yeah, this day. Yeah, that's um, going to be one of the luckier things of your life. The fact that like you, you yeah. basically got to start your own business without having to pay for it. <laughs> Essentially, You yeah. get to do only the fun parts. Uh, they <laughs> handle all that, that other bullshit. Yes. And you um, get to make... Like, but look at the product you yeah, produced because I, yeah, you could I hope, focus I hope on I'm, product I production. hope I'm living up to it. Yeah, I, they, uh, Casey applied to a job. Tiffany, I think reached out to her and said, Hey, no, I want you, I, I want you for this. And then, and I think she mentioned this in, in when she was on too. And it's like, Hey, what do you want to do? And I, I, I was talking to her about, uh, her and Brady about a, a few different things. And we, we started talking more and more about starting a distillery and it was always, it was kind of like, I knew a, I had, I had met a distiller up in Seattle through a coworker. We would go to uh, house parties at her and her husband's place and he would come over and bring the booze and, and it, it was, it was booze that he made. And I'm just like, and at that point I was like really into alcohol, like uh-huh. really into cocktails and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, I want to do that. Like, how do I, how do I, how do I get to there? Uh-huh. Like, um, and so I, I had mentioned, mentioned starting a distillery and we, and she, her and Brady, I mean, I, I guess they crunched the numbers and, and we went out and we toured so many different distilleries in the state. Uh, and we found one in particular up on the coast up North and we're like, oh man, if they can make it work. Like this is, we have, we have this proof of concept. Like little, yeah. We have this where they're totally tourist based. Like they don't really distribute. They're to at the time. They're totally tourist tourism based. If they can make it work, we can totally make it work. Uh, and then, so yeah, it was, it was, and again, that goes back to one of the, that adding, what can you add? What other amenity can you add for our guests? What, how do you make someone's experience at the hotel at the end of Discovery Coast, at the Adrift, at the Shelburne, at the Cottages. How do you make it that much better? That what cool really thing puts it on another you... tier of just like, of excellence. It does. It's a different way of thinking of it. I mean, it, we didn't we didn't start a, disti- uh, a distillery to pursue distribution, to pursue all these different avenues. It's an amenity, It is, right? it is, totally. And wow, yeah, that's pretty intense. Well, and it took a bunch, I mean, uh, it's intense, yeah, because you kind of got to live up to, you have a, you got to live up you have to be an amenity. Like you, amenities don't suck, exactly. right? They can't suck. Yeah. So you have to do, you, you got to be on brand. Yeah. And their yes. shit is good. Yes. And that's, that's a great way to put it. You got to be on brand. Um, and, and everything else just kind of came, everything else was just kind of ancillary, the distribution and the Oregon market and other markets that we're pursuing now. But, but first and foremost, I think we still, I still definitely want to make it, a uh, cool, cool amenity for the guests and a cool thing to do on the beach when you come to visit, um, or for even for the people here. But I had, I had someone come into the, come into the tasting room. They're like, yeah, we booked this hotel because it had a distillery. And I'm like, yes, it yeah, works. I would do that. The concept works. Um, so it's kind of, I mean, McMinimins does the same thing there. They obviously do it much more iterative. Um, 
but it was kind of that. And there wasn't that in Pacific County. We had the North Jetty. They were a brewery. Um, there was another, oh man, I found out about them as they were like liquidating their, their operation. There was a distillery for apparently a very brief moment up in Montesano. Oh. Uh, and then Wishka River in Aberdeen, which I don't believe is a thing anymore either. Um, yeah, Aberdeen. Doesn't seem like there's got a lot going on up there. Yeah. And they had really good stuff. I love their whiskey. Uh, they had a really cool honey vodka where it oh. was, they distilled mead. It wasn't uh-huh. honey flavored vodka. It was like yeah, okay. a Tennessee honey whiskey, right? It was like they distilled vodka from meat. It was, wow. it was pretty cool. Uh, we used to have it up at the restaurant. So, so I came down and the, we, we were, um, I was the bar manager, uh, for a while on the pickled fish until we, spun up the distillery for the, the idea for the was distillery. Was that fun doing the bar? Yes. Making yeah, drinks I loved and talking it. to people. Yeah. So I love bartending. I love making cocktails. It looks fun. It is a lot of fun. And I'm, but I have, I have such a privileged view of it because I was never the college bar shot slinger yeah. with a gun, f- with enough. a gun, right. With a gun for a long Island. Yeah. Well, like I wasn't doing duck farts and car bombs and AMFs yeah. until my all fingers delicious. bled. Uh-huh. All delicious. All <laughs> god awful. So it's like I started, I started making the cocktails that I wanted to make. I started the the cocktail menu of the pickled fish is super classic, super um, uh, eclectic. Yeah, and it, I always. I got right into it making like the cocktails that I enjoyed drinking, that I enjoyed making, that I wanted to make the right way. And I wanted mm-hmm. to teach other people how to make them the right way. And God, talk about coming into a, um, coming into an industry where you're like universally hated because of your zero background in. Oh, by the people you were working with? Oh yeah, oh, totally. I bet. So it was, I remember interviewing with Beck and she was the food and beverage director at the time. She was the bar manager. She got promoted to food and beverage director. And then I was coming in to replace her as bar manager. At least she didn't get demoted. (laughs) Yeah, right. And then, so she was interviewing me and she was looking at my resume. And of course I have all my, whatever, engineering. Yeah. And, and my business development and consumer electronics and technical business man and blah. And she's like, well, you're clearly overqualified for this position. I'm like, no, I'm not. I've never tended bar professionally a day in my life. Okay, like well, I've done it. Yeah, bye bye. Yeah. Um, so no, I'm I'm glad that's I'm glad they still wanted to put me up behind the bar. It went pretty um, smooth, did it not? Yeah, it went pretty smooth. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, and I eventually did make friends with all the people that had a, a deep animosity toward me when I'm sure I first started. I don't know if that's true. I could be way off base. Sometimes we I know at least feel one, it more than it is really there. I know at least one because we talked about it afterward and she's like, yeah, you were, I hated you because you had zero experience at all. And now you're a bar manager, like get out of here. But, uh, but it was good. It was fine because I wasn't like, I, I didn't actually have to manage people. I managed product. Oh, and that yeah. was, that was something that I was, God, that's so much better. Yeah. That was something that I was used to. Like we had a front of house manager, right? So she took care of the scheduling and the, and the people part of it. Um, you just had to make sure the liquor was there and you knew how to make the drinks. Yeah. And, and staff education a little bit and that kind of thing, um, which I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, there's a right way to make a cocktail and now I'm less uptight about that and it's whatever you want to drink. Speaking of which, do they still serve a Moscow mule in a jar? 
I don't. Th- since I've been there, they and that was a while ago. They uh, put it in uh, mule mugs. They better. The copper mug. They got it. Man, how long has it been since you've been up there? Years. Oh well, yeah. Come, um, come on the, back. Uh, yeah, we don't do it in a mason jar anymore. I don't think unless that, we're out of the copper cups. It and changes the taste. We've done. <laughs> it literally changes the it's taste. It's got to be in a metal cup. It does. Yeah, that's that's probably my it. favorite cocktail. The Moscow um, Mule. Yeah, that's a solid. They're great. Yeah. I love them. What is that? Gin and uh, no, I, you know, no, I don't know how to make vodka, vodka and vodka, lime juice, ginger beer. Is that it? A little Just bit of simple syrup. Yeah. One one uh, spirit. One spirit. That's oh, it. That's simple. Mm-hmm. I could have that at home. Totally. But I yeah. won't. Because <laughs> I don't really drink. Slippery slope. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not Great super worried about that. I like feeling good. And alcohol inevitably will make me feel shitty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. I enjoy drinking. I don't drink to the point where I'm like, in the morning, I regret it. Nah, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, it's America. Right. But we're going to get drunk. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I, I like things that make me uh, feel on top of my game. Like, and even when it comes to chemicals, really, like I like stimulants, I like caffeine, because it makes me feel better than normal. Yeah. Whereas alcohol, even if it's, even if I'm enjoying the experience, mm-hmm. it's definitely not making me feel better than normal. But I'm not like, going to perform higher on any measure. Oh, well, sure. But like, this is part of that experience, right? Yeah. Having like, having a cocktail, chatting about stuff. It really, that's the shit. whole experience for yes. me. That's, and that's, that's the fun part. Yep, instrumentation. We're using it as a tool. Exactly. We're not using it as a uh, coping mechanism. Right. We're not under some kind of a stress. We need to lessen our senses with alcohol. We're just using it to enhance the experience. Yeah, this episode of Ramble by the River, fueled by Drift Distillers. Can I have more of the coffee? I'll have a little bit of that. It's yours. I'm the one stealing from you. right. Yeah. Also, just like down to the branding. Um, the bottles are cool. Oh, so these, all the, um, so our collaborative spirit, we have two different labels kind of. At the moment, our collaborative spirit series, which this one is a part of, and our just a drift distillers label, which is like the black band with a simple text, okay, and our in our foil logo. But when you see the color block, like the drift, or the the cranberry, actually all three of these are the collaborative spirit series label. Right on. Yeah, um, I've I've noticed that there's a theme. You guys are doing lots of collabs. Mm-hmm. Is, is that for like branding or making it? Sell better. Oh, you probably tell, don't really need to sell it that hard. Telling do you? the story. It's mostly an amenity, and your yeah, your guys are selling out. Yeah, it's about telling the it's story. It's about creating. Yeah, a, people see connected that product. People see that collaborative spirit series. They see the name. Whoa, where'd you get the name? Oh, we did this and this with this person. So Jacob actually does the illustrations for all these. Which really, is really cool. mm-hmm. Jake, you got to come on the show, man. Or you, you know, just come over and hang out. <laughs> Be good to see you. Um, yeah, they're great. Man, some of the stuff yeah. he's been putting out lately with uh, Jacob's Hammer. The, yeah, the jewelry. The oyster shell yeah. stuff. Beautiful. No, he's killing it. Those yeah. little sterling silver oyster shells. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've actually talked about them on here before. Nice. But they're cool. They are. <clears throat> yeah. This is so good. Thanks. You know that the syrup they have at all the coffee stands? This is what they should make the coffee flavored syrup taste like. Yeah, right. They should just yeah. put this in it. Come, um, come find me. I got it. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that drink every day. <laughs> yeah, it goes. Yeah, great in coffee. You get like our. That's kind of our joke. It's the work from home coffee this year or last year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, people uh, that gets that gets a laugh uh, in the distillery. And people are like, oh man, Zoom calls. They won't even notice. Yeah. I'm like yeah, that's the point. This is the kind of stuff that will get in, you in trouble because you feel like it's not coffee, even on your in breath. In hot chocolate. Oh, yeah, totally. But there's yeah. like, that guy's fucking drunk. <laughs> that guy's drunk and he smells like <laughs> But yeah, what is in your cup. <laughs> so what's your plan for the future? You see yourself doing this for quite a while? Oh, totally. Yeah. This Lifer? Is, this is a blast. Um, 
definitely. I mean, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to elevate to a point where I'm, where I'm opening up sales channels. You got to grow instead of, yeah. Instead of doing production, which I see, which I see coming, but, um, right now production, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm production will always be better, man. You're probably yeah. going to, once you start doing the sales side of things, that will be the beginning of the end of your joy of this job. No, I'm fine. I was in business development before oh, this. Oh, that's true. Um, that's so true. So I'm totally- Probably got a knack for it. Yeah. I was a project manager and then I moved to technical sales, doing the quoting and doing the doing the proposals for the projects and that kind of thing. You're probably a good salesman, huh? I think I, so. I'd buy stuff from you. You seem trustworthy. <laughs> you are. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you love this, right? Yeah, I do. Um, I think that's not- Nothing against your sales. I'm going to grab this camera behind you. Nothing against your sales ability, but I think you just made a good product. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't need to sell me too hard on it. So so I joked and said, and I was telling him my history with the company, and I'm like, yeah, I, uh, I was the project manager until they figured out I was better with people than I was with numbers, and they, they put me in uh, technical sales or put me in business development. And everybody, like my direct manager just about choked on his coffee, and I'm like, oh, man. But the CEO got a laugh out of it, and so we were pretty uh, – we were uh, on, on good terms since then, you uh, feel which like I thought was pretty funny. you just about anything if you really no. just like put the time in? No. People I or don't. money, what, what could you not do? I've said this many times in the past. I couldn't be a long-haul trucker. Okay, that's pretty specific. Very, right? Um, you didn't expect that answer. Uh, very, very um, because of the long hours? Uh, just the long hours and the monotony. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm very much like the dog chasing the squirrel, like, oh, shiny. Me too. Um, and it's, it's, again, time management and commitment, or focus, I guess, whatever. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think there's always like, it takes me a little bit to pull myself back from that Oh, this is brand new and shiny, and it's like, no, you gotta, you gotta deal with this shit before you can, before you can move on. Yeah, novelty is important, though. Uh, it, it is. It's, it's a yeah. good way to motivate yourself. Yeah, totally. Towards the next thing. Yeah. But yeah, I actually used to fantasize about being a long haul trucker. Believe it or not, <laughs> when I was a kid, um, I've had so many great fantasies. We'll we'll cover them all on the okay. podcast over the years. Right. But um, you the, need to do a su- like after five years, you need to do a supercut. Oh yeah, exactly. Yes. Just all the fantasies, all the straight Jeff fantasies. Nesbitt. Um, I think one of my favorite ones was where, like, picking places to be homeless. You ever do that? Oh man, yeah, yeah, I have. You know how they have the big stacks of, uh, of like, they're basically bricks covered in plastic of manure, oh, soil, sure. yeah, yeah. bags. But you know, they're basically bricks. Yeah, they make great mattresses if you would lay them out into a, like a, <laughs> a rectangular form. Yeah, throw a tarp down, some newspaper. God, you got yourself. Man, pretty, I pretty comfortable bed. Yeah, I've never ended up. I've never thought like, yep, rainy ass beach would be the place well, where you got I yourself would a little be. tarp awning. Um, but <laughs> even better, sleeper cab on a long haul truck. They oh got yeah, these. Uh, this yeah. Guy, you can get one with double bunk beds, man. I'm talking. We got outlets in there. You get your your iPad on. You're playing Tetris all night. I've I've seen people with full like posting pictures to Reddit and that kind of stuff on the gaming subreddits with full on PC gaming rigs set up in their cab. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I put a Bitcoin miner in the back of mine. That's what I would do. So Speaking of just Bitcoin. a graphics co- graphics card, you're just abusing the shit out of okay, over and over. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. So you do know how it's done. Yes. Um, I mean, I what, don't. what else? 
I do. Well, you know, it's done with graphics cards, not on. It can know, be. Right. Well, yeah, you, you could know, bit, most efficiently. You, you could, I think, uh, right? Or is mine, it Asics? Are Asics better? You could. Um, I think the Asic rigs actually are better right now. Mine Bitcoin with a depends. Game Boy. Yeah, but not very well. <laughs> it, no. it would take Centuries. a long time. Yeah, which they, I don't. Which I still, I don't understand the the mining concept. I think the complexity is factored in. Yeah. So like I, I just read an article today that the the mining complexity has increased has doubled again because of all the new miners. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like it's intentional so that the the transactions take more time and they require more computing power so yeah. that I, I don't know but if what, it's so that the network the, grows. Yeah, but what is the product of that? The product of that is the Bitcoin, which is just like no, but that's not... What you, do you mean that what's the physical product? Nothing. No, 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 no. The physical product. But Bitcoin is a fixed thing, yeah. right? There are there are only a very, there are a finite number of Bitcoins out there. 21 million available ever that right. will, will ever exist. There's 18 point something million already now. been mined. Okay. It halves every so four mi- years. So what does mining do? Mining... That, gener- that has to generate a profit for somebody. The miners. The no, miners. Yeah. no, there's some bigger, there's got to be some. Nope. What does this giant network do? The n- giant network tr- manages transactions and they update uh, the blockchain. Okay. They update a gigantic register. So this is, this was my major stumbling block to accepting blockchain in the first place. Yeah. Because 10 years ago, when I first started reading about it. I guess blockchain is the proper term. It's not Bitcoin because there's yeah. Ethereum, there's all kinds of different stuff. Zymos. It's just the technology where a distributed network manages a ledger, which is just a document that is the same across all of these different devices, all these different parts, their nodes of the network. Hmm. And all of them update simultaneously. So they have consensus. And if there's ever a problem with consensus, like where two ledgers don't show the same transaction results, then the one with the most consensus will win and the other strand is abandoned. So that's why there's no such thing as like a double spend. I just don't know how it generates value. Because of scarcity and because of people's hope. All of our whole monetary system is built on hope. Um, the <laughs> yeah. and, and that's not yep. even hyperbole. It no, really is. It is. That's, that's yeah. the, the only fundamental part of the American dollar is the hope and the belief that it actually is worth anything. If that goes away, it's just fucking paper, man. You stuff your stuff it into a pillow sack and lay it on top of a couple of bricks of manure and make yeah. a bed out of it. Right, yeah. Um, it's, it's, Bitcoin is essentially the same. It doesn't have any intrinsic value. The value is all based on the fact that you can use it to exchange for goods and services. And it's going to be more and more prevalent. This is not financial advice and you should contact a financial advisor before making any investments. But like some stuff with Ethereum is like, Ethereum is actually like a blockchain network and a, and a, they, they operate a network that has value that other players then come and like kind of glom onto. Exactly. Because they're also a platform. So they they built a framework, Ethereum coin, which is ETH is a, a, you know, a tradable basically currency. It's a, it's. I don't know if you'd want to call it an asset like Bitcoin because it, the values are just so drastically different still, but it is a tradable token. And beyond that, there's also just the Ethereum network, which mm-hmm. is, the, I mean, the Ethereum blockchain. It is a network. But, but both are traded as cryptocurrency. Well, the blockchain itself is just like every node. Well, right. But but from a tr- functional trading standpoint, you can't trade Ethereum blockchain stock. 
No, it's, it's an open source. Right. I so it is. So both are tech because you can trade. The, one's ETH and the other one's like ETHA or ETH something. There's a bunch of hard forks. So yeah. every like every so often. And again, I'm not a computer engineer. I don't know this stuff really. I'm just based off of what I've researched. There's hard forks in the programming where, like when Bitcoin forked, it became, I think Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin hmm. are both forks of Bitcoin. And they just meant to correct problems. or uh, More than problems is they made changes to the original code. And so they had to become a new thing. And then now you can buy Litecoin, but you can also still buy Bitcoin, hmm. the original one, which is... The best one. I, I don't know. There's so hmm. many now. Yeah, uh, cryptocurrency is still a little beyond me. It's still but. it's still a little bit beyond the people who know the very most about it. I think it's yeah. it's it's just something that we've just started to get into as a species. There's just no precedent. Hmm. And it really, you, you just put yourself back into your headspace from just even a couple of years ago and think about something like a, a NFT, non fungible token. Right. It's a fucking. It's a clip art. Yeah. Like, yep. I I don't. I, I I do not understand how that has value. I get it finally, like as of yesterday. Um, <laughs> nice. be, and it's because it's this because is, of adoption. This is late breaking news. Yeah, it is because a week ago I was seeing people are paying millions of dollars for digital art. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't copy it because it's on the blockchain. The way standard things are sent, it, it sends a copy. And then you still keep the original file on your computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a text message. Yep. If I send you a text message that says... You both have a copy of that Exactly. Thing. Yeah. And I can delete my copy you so that my wife doesn't find it. But, you know, if your wife finds it, she's still going to find out we're jerking each other off. You know, it's it's going to happen. It, you can't delete both copies from one phone. But with the blockchain, everything updates simultaneously. Huh. My point being, it's it's just safer. It's more secure. And the... Uh, yeah, it's it's... Again... Who knows? I think it, I think it's really it's a lot of fun to follow and it's really interesting. Um, I, I watched a conspiracy yeah. video about where this old man told me to put all my money in Bitcoin about a year yeah. ago, and he said it was going to go up tenfold in a year. There you go. Um, and so I did, and then uh, killing it. Yeah, here we go. Yep. But um, I really did watch that video, but that's not why I invested in Bitcoin. I've been watching it for years. You're always trying to find the next GameStop. Yeah. Right. I'm and not. How do you do people that? People are. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I want to turn two hundred dollars into two hundred thousand dollars. I, I whatever can't, stupid I can't risk convert it. that was. Because GameStop is bullshit. You know it's bullshit. No one's going to GameStop. They're trying real hard to not make it bullshit. Oh really? They're reorganizing. They they have a new CEO. They're reorganizing their board. Like they're going towards online and esports. Huh? They're really trying to make you believe that their company can be valued at two hundred plus. I just don't share. see it. I don't see it. Um, and for that reason, I'm out. Shark yeah, tank. yeah, that, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but I think yeah, they're they've found this like their company has value now, whether it's real or not. Uh-huh. Um, so they're using that value to leverage new hires and a, a pivot. Um, it's, it's interesting to follow, but it's all, but, but it's, but again, it's all based on bullshit. Yeah. Like how Very flimsy. the company, yeah. And the company, how did the company, the company didn't fundamentally change its practices in the time that it went from 240 a share to, uh, 380 a share. No, no. Still the same brick and mortar, the same. And they, they're still going to eventually go out of business. Uh, you would think, uh, when was the last, do you play video games at all? No, not really. But uh, I haven't bought. I have. I follow them though. I haven't bought a physical copy for eight years. 
Yeah, I buy everything exactly. online. I buy everything through my consoles, just stored there. Why wouldn't you? No, I mean, it doesn't make they, any sense. They even make consoles now without the drive. You don't even can't even put a disc in it. Right. So yep. I, yeah. Yeah. I tried. I started. Um, I'm just doing the. Uh, oh, what a eighteen eighteen six. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. That's the best ratio. Yeah. So it's so what we're talking I, about intermittent fasting. I stop um, like seven seven thirty. And then one to one thirty is kind of wait. So you you start fasting at seven thirty p.m. Yeah, yeah. Did you do it during the day? I would. Um, yeah. So I. Because that just seems like awful torture. It it wasn't <laughs> as bad as I thought it'd be. I would feast for my six hour window. Like yeah. I, once it opened, I would eat nonstop until it closed. Like <laughs> I didn't really break it up into meals. Yeah. I would right. just eat the entire time, whatever I could get my hands on. I was so hungry because I was working out a lot at the time too. Now I'm not really. Yeah. So I, when I try to intermittent fast, it's much, much harder. Um, like I have a hard time not going to the bakery every day. Mm, man. I yep. love the bakery. What's your, um, favorite, what's your favorite donut? God, don't make me choose. Yeah. I just got Are asked you this question. Like the final four and the, yeah, the Sweet yeah, 16? That's hilarious. Shout out yeah. Kaj Bakery. Love it. Um, love it. Actually, Glaze Old Fashioned's a goat. Oh, Glaze Old Fashioned is probably the best donut they make. I hope, And I hope that the the readers and the voters prove that for us. And it's not because it's the best tasting donut that they offer. It's because it's the most perfectly made Glaze Old Fashioned donut in the world. You can't make a better Glaze Old Fashioned. That's how you yeah, do it. I think I, I do think you're right. My, my a close second uh, would be uh, a Top Pot. And you could tell oh. our, you could, uh, up in, when I was up in Seattle and you could both tell our, uh, commitment to intermittent fasting right now by how quickly we tangented to, uh, donuts. talking about donuts. We're into donuts. <laughs> We're into donuts now. Started out, started out good and went to donuts. We have a donut uh, themed podcast works. coming up. Yes. Lindy is coming on. Oh, um, that's awesome. She's running the bakery. Yep. It's going to be a good one. Um, yeah, I'll do that. Breakfast donuts, don't, uh, old fashioned, a cup of coffee. Oh, oh God. Buttermilk bar, best buttermilk uh, bar no, with coffee. You no. ever try with coffee? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, of course. But so glazed old fashioned every time. I maybe see. I eat glazed old fashioned ten to one over a buttermilk bar. Yeah. But I just think the buttermilk bar with coffee is just like okay. an unbeatable combination. I'll have to give that a try sometime it's good. soon. Take a bite of the Probably donut like and Monday. then a sip of the coffee while right. the donut's still in right. your mouth. Obviously, I, why, right. what am I doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Also, where are we talking about Danishes too? Is this included in the contest? Because I mean, sure, but I'm not. That's a fan. not fried. It's baked. I'm not a fan. No, no. Too I stick squishy? to one. I got. I, I I stick to one cabinet at, okay. at cottage. I know the that's one. Pretty much. I can it. name every right. shelf. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh, but, but yeah, breakfast. Fasting. I think breakfast was the the hardest. Like that's where, that's where I kind of wanted to do it because I figure like I I don't. Lunch was so hit or miss for me. Uh-huh. It's like, meh. I could take it or leave it. But God damn, I miss breakfast. Breakfast Sometimes. has the most delicious food, and it does. And I'll che- on the weekends I'll cheat and I'll have cream on my coffee. Oh yeah! Like when I'll do black, I'll just do during the weekday. I'll do black, which is great because I'm getting up with the kids, and Casey goes to work, and then I take the kids to um, to uh, preschool. And How many do you have now? Just two. Two. Yep. Um, so uh, when I'm doing that, it's like if I don't have to ha- like if I can cut out one responsibility, and that is breakfast for myself. Great. That's yeah. one less thing that I have to do. And then so that somehow was the you big feel driver. good on top of it. Like yeah. the energy that comes with that is really weird and awesome. And now I'm trying to do, now I'm trying to put more, like get that, 
a little bit of exercise in the morning, get that uh, just a little bit of activity. It makes such a huge while difference. you're on that deficit, and that's like my that's next. How you get the that's pack. my next. <laughs> that's how you get the V. That's my next layer that I'm trying to add in. But I'm still yeah. kind of. I've only been what I've probably been doing IF for like a month, and it's just starting to get to the point where it's bearable. Yeah. So and I, I cheat. Like I said, I cheat on the weekend sometimes. But yeah. Yeah. Do you do keto or ketogenic diet of any no, kind? No, I've never done any kind. Uh, it's almost not too never. Good. I'm never going to say never, but um, I, for a long time, I haven't done any kind of calorie restrictive or any kind of food restricting stuff. Um, so I you eat whatever you want during your food, food window. I mean, yeah, within so with, within, within reason. reason. Another thing that I'm tra- another thing is kind of like portion control, yeah. which like I n- I'm not counting calories because i don't want to do that shit anymore it takes I've, forever i've done it it sucks it works yeah but it sucks uh i don't have time for that so even with the fancy apps now i get that out of here so i don't want to do that i'm just like hey i could probably finish this pizza but nah i'm gonna stick to yeah. my two three slices Box it up send it to the kids in africa yeah. <laughs> or i mean put it in the fridge for the next day but yeah uh with the and just the the kids are so freaking picky. Uh, oh Archer's not so bad, but I get enraged. Uh, Maeve, oh by man! That. What, uh, Keisha just sent me a picture today. She sent me a picture of Mava eating like normal food. She was just like gnawing on a chicken on a chicken drumstick and had like green beans and some other stuff on her plate. Now it's like if it's, what is this black magic? Right, and now it's like if it's not, I mean, a plain tortilla or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or cheesy noodles. Or a or some just plain piece of bread. It's just like ugh. that is such a like or a fruit constant yeah, with kids. It's a universal. It's, it's got to be some kind of a genetic advantage to that. Like maybe there used to be a lot of parents who were trying to poison their kids. Man, like why not just trust me, you little bastard? Eat the food. <laughs> Eat the like, food. No, <laughs> there's way too many things mixed into that. I can't tell what it is. Yeah, you yeah. could be poisoning me, you son of a bitch. I'm not eating that. It's, Archer. He's a tank. He'll eat whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Mava's super picky at the Wait, moment. He oh, like uh, mushrooms and green peppers mixed in with meat. Oh yeah. Uh wow. no, he's going through like a if it even remotely resembles a vegetable, he will pick it out. Yeah. He is a meatosaurus, but otherwise he'll. Were you like that as a kid? Man, I don't remember, and I don't. My mom doesn't. Um, in, uh, no. You must not have had one that you really hated. I would cry I over so. mushrooms. Oh, man. No, I don't think so. Like, I grew up eating, like, liver and onions and all that, pickled herring and all that stuff. Um, Protein. I would, I was raised, like, I was the clear your plate kid. Uh-huh. So, it's like, I think that probably like you mean started a bad you relationship with Or you food. were the, like, I just want to eat all my food kid. No, that was my, my uh, dad was like, no, if you put it on your plate, you got to eat it. Oh, I thought you meant like at the end of the dinner, everyone scrap puts their oh, scraps no, onto no, your I'm not plate. The, yeah, we. Did, I mean, we didn't have a dog. I could have filled that role. But, <laughs> that was me. Uh, I would do yeah. that only on the good days, though. <laughs> that mushroom bullshit. No, 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 that mushroom. But now look at you, Mr. Forge and Mushroom Man. Isn't that weird? Right? You know, <laughs> the webs we weave. Yeah. So now I'm trying to, I'm, I'm okay with the intermittent fasting. I'm trying to get the activity level in there. Does it affect your sleep? Um, you know, I, I, not that I notice, um, I am tired like because i'm getting up at four to five a.m in the morning um and i try to get sneak in a little xbox at night when the kids go to bed every uh-huh. once in a while what do you play these days uh i'm destiny destiny 2 um 
Outriders just launched, which I'm getting stoked about, but apparently they're having, I fired up the demo a couple of times, uh, but apparently they're having really uh, terrible network issues, connectivity issues. That's a big deal these days. People are just hugging the shit out of that new game because it just like launched globally, platform-wide on the first. Mm. So um, one I want to jump into, sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully I can get some of that tonight, but we'll see. The amount of money going around for esports is insane. Yeah. And there's, there's like only a handful of titles that are like legitimate esports contenders. Uh Right. So there's like, there's the Overwatch and the PUBG and the Call of Duty, um, Halo, but not so much anymore. Maybe that'll come back with, yeah, maybe that'll come back with infinite. I mean, their multiplayer is still, still awesome. Um, why is nothing else multiplayer anymore? Why did they why did they ruin video games? N- what do you mean nothing else multiplayer? It seems like a lot of stuff is just single player. I mean, like oh, to no, be multiplayer would... you got to get another console. Oh, I would I would say that's the opposite. Well, fuck, I don't know what I'm there's talking about. There's not a, there's there's a there's not a lot of n- enough emphasis on good narrative driven single player games. Oh. A lot of it are multiplayer and they're going in specifically to the battle royale stuff yeah. where it's just you got to be playing with people. Okay. Yeah. I, I, so you like the solo journeys going well, in and just... I mean, back when I had the time, right? Yeah. Um, the the Fallout series and from, I've heard that from Bethesda. Great. Oh, great. Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas Borderlands? was awesome. Yes. I played Borderlands that game. 1, 2, Borderlands 3. 1 and 2. Yeah. I, I lost it in 3. Them. I love 2. They, I, played, I thought they were great. Yeah. I played but. a ton of 2. and that But that was another one where if you really wanted to do the end game stuff. Like you needed a team of people. Uh-huh. See, I didn't even know that. I used to see those teams around and yeah. be like, look at those people with friends. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> Lucky. I'm but just I, drive my dune buggy around. And alone. I would do, um, I would do Diablo, uh, Diablo two online, which they're remastering, which is going to be awesome. Um, but that was back like seventh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, actually taught me how to type. Like oh. quickly, because uh-huh. if you if they had like for, if people were throwing out free stuff from their stash making room, man, you got to be on that chat. This yeah. is before like Ventrilo, before uh, Team Chat. Now we have Discord. Do you play right? on PC? No, I did. Um, I did, Diablo, of course, was PC. Um, but I did. Uh, I have a gaming capable rig. Uh, with some crossplay titles that are mo- that are mostly on Xbox, mm. um, but no, I'm a console guy. I like okay. the controller. I don't. Yeah, do, it seems I don't nice. do good with the keyboard and the mouse. There's so many buttons. Even on my, um, even when I'm playing on my laptop, I play with the controller connected. Oh to yeah. My laptop. Is it USB connection? Wireless Bluetooth. Oh, cool. Yep. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that was Borderlands was a lot of fun. Um, but like Skyrim and Morrowind and. Those are Elder Scrolls titles um, and the Fallout titles and those really big RPG, like 100, 200, 300 hour plus epics that you can sink a ton of time into. Um, Obviously can't do that now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those were a lot of fun. Yeah, those are the kind that actually appeal to me. Yeah, there's some good racing games. Those uh, Forza series. God damn, those things are Forza Horizon. So good. So good. The cars, it's all... My eyes aren't great anymore. Yeah. I got poked in the eye real hard. Oh. And, uh, you know, chronic or recurrent corneal erosion. Oh, um, Jesus. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, my eyelid will stick to my eyeball in the night when it dries out a little bit. And when I open my eye in the morning, it rips the scab off. It's great. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, anyway. Didn't know that was a thing. 
Yeah, yeah. But don't. those racing games sure are pretty, huh? But the, ris- the racing games, <laughs> back when I had good vision, they used to look so crisp. They, yeah, they're, those are, that's like still your standard bearer for photorealism. Uh-huh. Like that's where the developers put a ton of their the time handling, and effort. They handle like real cars. Yeah, it's like, great. The differences yeah, between a, a, a small one and a big one, mm-hmm. one with a lot of torque and one without, it's like you can feel it in your controller. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know how they do that, but it's really good. I remember doing, of course, I had my car in the racing game, right? Back when uh-huh. I was young and stupid and thought I had more money than I did. I had a 2004 M3. Okay. And so I had that car in Forza. Uh-huh. And I would do, I did the um, uh, engine swap to the new, instead of the straight six, to the new BMW V8. New at the time. Uh-huh. When they just came out with the new M3 that was a V8, which was total blasphemy at the time. Um, but yeah, it's like, it totally changed the car. You're like, wow. Yeah. Like, how do they, how much time and effort and research and and what it, with all the sounds and all the the specs yes. and how do they do this turn 10 or uh turn 10 is a studio that makes forza um they're magicians and they it's must great. have a lot of people working playground games That's, too. it's yeah. amazing just like the amount of data being processed for those kind of yeah. things is like the rendering just, just to render one frame or and just or sound capture yeah that's something that people take so like for granted in video games yes yeah. the sound space mm-hmm. uh where if you have i game with um headphones i don't game with uh, just tv speakers and it's like you really when you walk into a room and you hear a pipe dripping i was in the just corner, gonna say that or that's s- weird yeah or something like that or uh-huh. a rat scurry across scurry out of a trash can it just brings you into it yeah yeah the yeah. sound is huge and that's something that with this generation uh with the ps5 and the series x that's something that's really kind of elevated now to where it wasn't before um that soundscape because a really? lot of people do have those headphones now they're not gaming on you're not on a tube tv over a over a cable feed with tv speakers yeah or you don't have to have a full 7.1 surround sound system right you can buy a 50 dollar pair of headphones get the simulated surround sound in those two speakers Mm -hmm. um and it still gives it so people video game developers are investing a lot more time in that because they know more people have access to it yeah that's probably a really fun job recording totally just recording yeah. stuff yep. yeah yeah i sound is on my mind a lot these days yeah doing oh this yeah right like the first couple of weeks i was out here with, when i first had the studio set up i was recording everything yeah. just to test out the equipment and see how the the capability of the mics yeah. i was actually out here chopping kindling just because i like the way cedar cedar oh, just goes yep pink mm-hmm. when you're like you get the the blade in there and it's just pink yep i love that sound Do so you, i was recording that like just about chopped my finger off. Oh, what well, you were just so in, so into the yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> is that like ASMR? What's that? I think so. I, I don't, don't know what know that what stands that for. I don't know. I feel like it. I don't want that in my Google algorithm. I'm curious about it, but I'm not going to Google it. <laughs> it sounds like I think. Yeah, I think there's some sexual connotation <laughs> yeah, to it. It feels like I don't know what it is. Sound stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's like real close to the mic sound and stuff. It's supposed to like relax you or some, yeah. Some weird I don't want shit. some stranger relaxing no. me. Next thing you know, they're going to be trying to touch your wiener. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, man. Anyway, I'll let you get out of here, man. Uh, Thank you so much for coming. This has been really fun. A good uh, tangent. Yeah, I'm glad we went back. We just did another 25 minutes. Yeah, intermittent fasting, huh? Turned into into Oh, we didn't actually talk about intermittent fasting all that much. A little bit, a little bit. I think there was an equal split. We didn't talk about how it makes you shit weird, but we'll cover that next time. (laughs) (laughs) It's time flies. It does fly. It's this has been really great. Yeah. The little 
display of the alcohol was really fun, man. Thanks. I really liked it. And I'm super impressed. So keep up the good Glad work. Glad you like our stuff. Yeah. Do you have any closing words? I don't. Thank you for having me. It's a lot of fun listening to your guests and you. And yeah, it's like for me, going to school with you is a little bit like trip, a trip down memory lane. Yeah. Every time I listen in. Yeah. And I, I just... I, I wish you well and wish you all the success. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's and, a lot um, of fun to listen to. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. It's been great to try to build this community up alongside yeah. you. It's so cool to come back here and there's actually successful young people here yeah. trying to make this place better. And we're going to do it. It's happening all the time. It's been happening. But yeah. it's so much cooler to live around here than it was when we were kids. Totally. It's just getting better and better. I thought Keisha was crazy for wanting to move here when we did, but now I I couldn't imagine myself anywhere else, especially yeah. with the uh, family and two kids. And yeah, it's great. It really is. Thanks for coming. I'm sorry I made that joke about us jerking each other off. It clearly made you very uncomfortable. And um, I don't know what hydrometer is. All right, everybody. I love you. Have a good time. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. I'm still fly. I'm still fly. I know. I'm still fly. I'm still fly. Let's go. It could all be worse. I could be a hater like you. It could all be worse. Clothes to make the man, but that poison's going to kill you. Just now, say it with your chest I'm now. Young, I'm free, can't nobody take.